Hey, it's Tardy to the party. He's Bill on Daniel. It's your number one source for all things gushing about Jennifer Connelly. We're going to talk about Jennifer Connelly. Oh, diggity doggity, Jennifer Connelly. We were joking about this at the end of last week's podcast, but. I wasn't joking. (laughs) It's like. Oh, she's a walking cartoon. It's ridiculous. It's like the closest thing to like Jessica Rabbit in the flesh, which is <laughs> it's just really weird because I never thought about her having. I don't know if we want to start off right talking about Jennifer Conley's boobs. It's as much as the dress as it is. That's the boobs, what this podcast is all or about. Or anything else, but yeah, no, it's. Oh no, she's a complete package. She's not just boobs. Well, that's the thing. Other than like, what's what's uh, uh, the John Hughes comedy <laughs> career opportunities? That she shows up in, that it looks like she has big boobs and that. I never really thought about her, you know, because even before this movie came out, I had seen her in, like, in Labyrinth and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, I just dropped my remote. Hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> I got distracted. You got so excited, your, your, your hands got all juiced up and stuff's just flying around. Oh, my God, real. I got flustered. <laughs> Get a fan out, stop fanning yourself. You brought up Jennifer Connelly, and yeah, I started fanning myself, and I, <laughs> my fingers got fumbly, and... <laughs> oh, my God, oh, my God. Like a southern lady in church, just heaven's Seriously, today. the stash of my college just went all out. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... We're not talking about a movie, <laughs> we're just talking about... Oh, uh, we're talking well, about I mean, a white oh, dress. Let's be honest. If Jennifer Connelly wasn't in this movie, it would be a C plus. This movie is already forgotten enough as it is. And aside from, so we're talking about 1991's The Rocketeer. And aside from this movie having gotten Joe Johnson his gig directing the first Captain America movie, man, even the three people talking about this movie wouldn't even talk about it that much. It's Mm -hmm. not a bad movie. No. Uh, it's just very kind of, uh, it's kind of flat. And, yeah. although for the time, for it's, it, well, and that's the other thing, the, the characters aren't super interesting, the story's not, like, super crazy interesting, it's much more of just a style it's, experiment than it is, like, yeah, it's a, a rousing it's a throwback. Tale. Yeah. It's a throwback, much like Indiana Jones. So, just, do you know much about the history of the Rocketeer, the he, comic the, book, or anything like that? No, the main character just doesn't have the charisma of Harrison That's Ford, That's a big part of it. You, watching something like this, which... It seems on paper, like, the production he's, values he's, and everything like this, they could have ma- they could have used the money they made to make this film just to make another Indiana Jones, because it's not for lack of production value or the score, or even the quality of the cast. But there's just something there that just doesn't click. And the main character... It's funny, because the main actor, he's not bad or anything is, like that. Is it the fact that Jennifer Connelly isn't on screen 100% of the time? <laughs> I didn't just, even aside from her, her, her boobs, she's just got that perfect face and her demeanor. It's like, seriously, her personality, just everything, the whole package. It's like, she's like the, the I, 1940s well, <laughs> personified in a human being. It's ridiculous. Um, I think uh, she was probably the first movie crush I ever had when I saw her in Labyrinth. Yeah, she's, I could see that. See. I mean, she's always been hot. I mean, she's even now these days, she's got to be like 50 years old. And I saw her in Noah. <laughs> it's a very shitty Darren Aronofsky movie in the theater yeah, some years ago. And she's, she's still like, God damn, she's just she got too thin. But that's the only well, she got older. I mean, you know, she got skinny. You know, she didn't. She did. Well, no, she did the Hollywood thing where you get too thin. You mean even before she got older? 
Yeah. Because I never really kept. I mean, what? So Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> this really is just turning into the call. Jennifer Connelly career review. So yeah, mm-hmm. she started off in Labyrinth. And I think yeah. she had done a couple things like, yeah, she did career opportunities, which I only know because of the trailer. And the centerpiece of the trailer is her in a super white, uh, super tight white tank top with, again, those, those bitties, Jesus Christ. And she's riding this mechanical horse thing. And yeah, she's that's doing the animated search. gif I know. <laughs> exactly. That's the only <laughs> thing anyone knows because no one saw that movie. Everyone just mm-hmm. jerked off to the trailer, to that one shot in the trailer. And then there was this. And what she was like, she was in Dark City, uh, Requiem for a Dream. I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff, but in terms of like what the average just dork will know, um, and Beautiful Mind. Oh, she in Beautiful Mind? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck that. I don't know. See that? Yeah, she was in Noah. Oh, she was in Hulk. I forgot about that. Oh, she was in Hulk? Yeah. Oh, did she play the main love interest in Hulk? Like the first, like, shitty Angley Hulk movie. Yeah. I saw that movie. I don't even remember that. Oh, yeah. oh God! Did I see? No, yeah. I think it's... that was the only reason I really saw it. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Connelly making a career out of being the only interesting thing in a movie since 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I. So, well, is is she is she the reason you pick this movie? Well, no, because so again, uh, just to reiterate, uh, we just finished up, uh, off another another awful April just a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. last year we started this thing where after Awful April we try to cleanse our palate by talking about stuff we have seen before and liked, liked well enough to talk about on the podcast. So we're bending the rules a little bit for, uh, for a month in May. And... I'm sorry, there's still animals Cats. in here. Cats! Um, and so you picked... What the hell did you pick last week? Uh, I made you watch... Oh, something. something. It was something, alright. Uh, uh, an old movie. <laughs> so good that neither of us can remember what we talked about no, last No, it's an old movie. Is Oh, it was one of my, uh, my dad loved it. Oh, shit. Oh, it was fucking <laughs> the Lady Killers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, it's, it sounds terrible, but Red Letter Media did a, uh, a review of The Rocketeer. And I didn't watch it, but it was enough that and I was like, And they said, ew, that's... too many women. <laughs> <laughs> probably but that, that's one of the things where i was like yeah the rocketeer that sounds like something fun that'll be talking about the podcast because it's old timey and it's not well, it's disney but it's not like disney disney but like it's like i mean we've talked about dick tracy before and i like we had to have talked about the rocketeer while talking about dick tracy because that's another disney early 90s no, disney funded style experiment in old timey 1930 shit um although at least this is still watchable dick tracy's boring as shit that's not even a good that's not even fun to look at. Cause no, even... Dick. Tra- well, no, Dick Tracy's fun to look at. Uh, it's just that everything because you got all the special effects and the the matte paintings and Madonna the masks, at her hottest. But... Ain't got shit on Jennifer Connelly in this movie. That's oh, for sure. Bill and Bill, name me one person who at their hottest has anything on Jennifer Connelly. No, like, that's I feel secure talking about Jennifer Connelly, if only just because most of the lesbians I know. Jennifer Connelly in this movie was <laughs> it's not just for guys it's like anyone if you got two eyeballs anyone with the eyeballs and a beating heart it's like mm-hmm. yeah how you doing and mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I've only seen this movie once before I saw it on opening weekend in 1991 I was it was like me and six other people in the theater and the film broke down about two thirds of the way through. It was such a hot it's summer. Just, I was gonna. Oh, I was. I was gonna say Jennifer Connelly was just too hot on screen. Well, that's and kind of like, what happened. It was, it was hot enough that it, it melted. <laughs> but the air conditioning system broke down and overloaded the electrical system inside the the movie theater. And I had to wait like half an hour uh, between like 
it was, it was it was definitely after Jennifer Connelly showed up in the white dress in the movie, which happens about mm-hmm. halfway through the film. Because I remember sitting there in the dark and like the 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 the, the, the bellhops or whoever the hell the theater people were all like, "Don't worry, ushers. we're just gonna." Yeah, the ushers were all like, "Don't worry, we're not gonna <laughs> kick you out if you just wait twenty minutes. We can get restart the electrical system. We'll finish the film." I just I remember just sitting there in the movie theater. I think I had like a, a copy of EGM and like the novelization to the Rocketeer. I'm just sitting there like re- flipping through that stuff and just thinking about oh, Jennifer Connelly. And because I, I was 16 when this movie came out, and mm-hmm. crossed between 16 years old, summer vacation, alone in a theater with the last thing I had just seen on a 40 foot screen being Jennifer Connelly in that white dress and just. Not a worse, worse. That, I guess a worse I think routine that, would have just started jerking off in the isn't, dark. Isn't that but the same circumstances that got Paul Rubin that's arrested? That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. In retrospect, it sounds like this is going to be dirtier a memory than it actually is. But yeah, just I was like, <sighs> and then the movie started up, and I just watched the rest of the film, and I went home. But it was just like I the, like Jennifer hanging onto that image of Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly in my mind for 20 minutes. That's my abiding memory of having seen this movie for the first time. And I'm glad to yeah, see think- that she's had the same impact on so many other people. It wasn't just me or that specific circumstance. Yeah, oh I think I God. saw it maybe once on VHS. Yeah, I don't know if I it's saw that more kind than of once, movie but... where you kind of see it and you get the gist of it. And it's not like such a richly imagined film that you want to spend time in that world. Really, it's mm-hmm. kind of generic. Like even the music. Uh, the music's done by James Horner, who didn't use the music for, like, Star Trek 2 and 3, and it did the music for Titanic, and Aliens. And even then, he only... <laughs> this score, he has one, like... Like, this uplifting, but, like, bass note, like, soaring thing. And it's just that same melody played over and over again. And that's kind of the whole tone of the film, where it's... It's affable, and it's... No, there's no one thing about it that's absolutely terrible, but it's just, yeah, like, it, this this movie definitely needed, like... Like, a more charismatic star. Um, it's interesting to read about the history of this, because this was based off a... Of, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I feel like they need somebody who could bounce off of Alan Arkin better. Like I think you that mean, I think way, the, like because I love yeah, Alan I think, I think the main thing this movie was missing was some comedy. There's not really any jokes in it. It's, yeah, it there's well, no humor. It's all kind of played. It's not played seriously, but yeah, it the movie takes itself a bit too seriously without having like any any good like quips from people. The, uh, who's who's the main Cliff Secord? Cliff Secord, the main guy who is the the, the Rocketeer. And Alan Arkin, they, I mean, they have an affable relationship, and they kind of joke around yeah. a little bit. But yeah, it's not like not that we need lots of slapstick in, in a movie like this. No, but I'm not you saying need more that. More personality, but yeah. I think some a little bit of humor would have helped it a lot. Yeah, and the plot is a little bit too intricate for its own good. Mm. Um, the basic setup isn't that bad, you know. Some gangsters steal a rocket pack and get chased into a, a airplane hangar, and they do a switcheroo, which leaves the the, the rocket pack in the hands of these the, these pilots and stuff like that. But there's just lots of like, there's gangsters and the FBI and switcheroos and going over here and this clue over here and doing that, and it's a little too yeah complicated and. The characters aren't quite arch enough or fun enough that you really want to be buddy buddies with these characters. And mm. it's funny, too, because this movie... It, the, the Rocketeer was originally a comic book that was only created, like, less than a decade before the movie came out. So it's not, like, based off an actual 1940s thing. It was, it was not, like, I think it was made in 1982 by this guy named Dan Stevens. And it was just a thing where the guy, he had a whole fetish for Betty Page... And rocket packs and Commander Cody shorts and stuff like that. So he was like, okay, well, I'll just combine all that stuff into a comic book that gives me an excuse to draw a rocket dude in the 40s flying with his girlfriend who looks like Betty Page and her tits are hanging out all the time. 
And he sold that to Disney, and which is funny because like <laughs> that's the last company in the world that's gonna like have a sexy girlfriend. But then they got Jennifer Connelly, who I guess they were like, oh well, she's wholesome, and we're gonna do a wholesome take on that girlfriend archetype, and still wound up being one of the smokest hottest hottest women <laughs> ever on a movie screen. But just reading about the history of this, um, there was a lot of pushback because I guess Disney wanted to set it in modern times. They wanted the Rocketeer to be like a badass modern superhero with like 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 a really cool badass helmet. They wanted mm. to kind of Batman-fy the the property, and everyone involved, who like Dan Dan Stevens who created the character and Joe Johnston who got like assigned to direct the movie and stuff, were all like, no, the whole point of this is it's like a 1940s style experiment, and they kept on pushing for that. And even though Disney was like, no, you got to make this more modern. We need a bigger star because I guess. They had tested like Kurt Russell and and Bill Paxton and all these other people to be the lead. I get well Disney. They really wanted Johnny Depp. That I guess that was their number one choice to play the Rocketeer. And mm. then even then, the same guys Dan Stevens and Joe Johnson were like, "No, we need someone who's brand new, fresh faced." We like this guy. Was the name Billy Connolly, whatever his name is. And <laughs> I could totally understand why they made those creative decisions. I would have totally been there defending those creative decisions. But it, that is the kind of the stuff that's kind of the most boring part of the... It's one of those rare things where, like, you take the 1940s stuff away from this movie, then there's really not any point to this movie existing. But at the same time, I could totally see why this movie bombed, because it looks cheesy as shit. And it is cheesy yeah. as shit. It's very whimsical. The music's it's, like very yeah. whimsical. And I remember even when I saw this for the first time when it first came out, I was like, this movie's like a little infant baby that's just by the side of the road and you want to kind of protect it, but it's so defenseless, it's never going to be able to live by itself. You, know, you might as well just strangle in its crib and put it up in its misery now rather than just letting it slowly starve to death. And that's kind of what happened. I think it debuted on like number four uh, in the box office its opening week and got its ass kicked by like... No, that wasn't the same weekend. That that wasn't the same summer as Dick Tracy. I think Dick Tracy came out the year before the uh, the Rocketeer. But I think 1991. That was like the Terminator 2, and a whole just a whole bunch of other. There's like a like that 1991 was right like with Terminator 2 was like right when big summer blockbusters were getting like really super epic and badass. And the Rocketeer was such a small whimsical like. Oh, I got my girlfriend Jenny, and we're gonna go fight the Nazis. And it was so dopey, and it wasn't even cool like in an Indiana Jones way, because at least Indiana Jones you have Harrison Ford, who's got some grit to him, and he's gonna he's gonna fucking murder dudes. He's gonna shoot Nazis and shit. Whereas Cliff Secord's just like, oh, I'm gonna go punch, I'm gonna punch one man and run away. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I I'm, I'm, I appreciate that the creator stuck to their guns to make it as faithful to the original comic as possible, but at the cost of this movie making about five cents and everyone completely forgetting about it um i don't know like reading about the people they had read for the main cast i was thinking like yeah i think pretty much as much as i think the main guy who's playing the rocketeer is okay i think like anyone that wasn't so clean cut would have added a little more gravitas to the role and would have been a better pairing with uh alan arkin because alan arkin's such like an old soul he's such like a hey and alan arkin is already so low-key Two that you need someone to hey, cut. What are you out. talking about? I don't know. Can he doesn't. He just, <laughs> just don't announce the anything. Don't you talk shit about Schmendrick? <laughs> I love Alan. Arkin. I'm not. Alan, Alan Arkin's good at this. It's just Alan Arkin. Well, that's why I love Alan about Arkin him in the Last Unicorn because it's like uh, I was watching a bit of Last Unicorn yesterday with my friend Josh and we were both talking about how we both really liked the. Uh, 
his vocal performance of Schmendrick just because it's so low key. It's not like a like cartoon uh, voice. And it's kind of the same thing here, Alan Arkin's just like, hey, I, f I put bubblegum on, on your rocket so you don't blow up. Go have fun. And, but like, <laughs> then the Rocketeer's just like, gee, Willikers. And it's just like, I, it's, I don't know. Um, and you got Paul Sorvino shows up as a gangster and he's just like doing his, he just acts the same. And I do like the fact that this movie's filled with character actors. You have, what's his name from Blade Runner who shows up for 10, 10 seconds. You have Six Sindel. Six Sindel? When you if you, I swear to God, this must have made it into the podcast. When we were talking about Ewok Caravan of Courage, mm -hmm. the Ewok TV movie, I was yeah. talking about how there was a character actor who Sick Sindel reminded me of. When you were screen capping all those pictures of Sindel being sick, I was like, oh, oh my God, that, okay. that, that reminds me of someone. Were, this motherfucker. I thought, I thought shows... you were saying actual, the actual tape of no, somebody that's not named a, Sick that, Sindel. That, that's a garbage pail kid. That the character actor who plays Malcolm, the the rodeo clown pilot, later, I was like, it's mm. that motherfucker. I was watching <laughs> okay. those. I went, got it. Six Sindel. That's the guy I was thinking of, like an old yeah. white-haired alcoholic guy. Anyway, we've already talked about nine tenths of the things I wanted to say about Rocketeer. We haven't even started doing the talk for a part, but mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so yeah. what do you think? Of, yeah, had okay time watching this again. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it starts off, it's, yeah, this is, yeah, it's a Walt Disney production, which I did forget it's a Disney picture. No, you, did you? Yeah. It's, a uh, whimsical as fuck music, yeah. old-timey airplanes and shit, it's a hotshot pilot, and Alan Arkin being Alan Arkin. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love the pilot, the Rocketeer, he's got, like, that 90s, like, a Treasure Planet haircut, which mm -hmm. I don't know if that was actually real to the 1940s, but, oh, man, um, yeah. Also, yeah, this is that, also, I should also point out, yeah, this is directed by Joe Johnston, who I'm legally obligated to point out, uh, just because, yeah, he directed Captain America, the first uh, Avenger, and he's famous for, uh, he came up from Industrial Light and Magic. He's the guy uh, who worked with George Lucas, who designed, like, the Millennium Falcon and Boba Fett and stuff, and so he was, this is, like, the first movie he ever directed, and uh, that, that's one, mm. that, that's half the reason when I saw it when it first came out. And I always wish yeah. he directed more things, but he's only done a couple things. But mm. yeah, you can totally see why this movie totally got him the gig making a Captain America movie because tonally they're almost exactly the same. But anyway. Yeah. Now Cliff, the pilot, the young buck, he sticks some gum to the plane, and Alan Arkin's like, "Hey, because of that first paint." And then <laughs> he's like, Alan Arkin hey. impression is you just tired. Yeah. Hey, what is this? The first paint. And, uh, I bet that won't be a plot point at any point in this movie. I forgot that's, like, the big thing. That's what kills the Nazis and, uh, at the end, yeah. Uh, woo, she flies. It's all very exciting. At least that's what the music is telling me to feel. And, it, yeah, and this goes on for, like, the first ten minutes of the movie is him just It's just him around. turning, and him just turning around <laughs> on the runway. And, like, Thanks I said... Thanks for showing us every moment of that movie. And every time he turns in the airplane, the music does... Da -ba do 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 And, it's, like, and, like this, the movie know that we know that flying is a thing that exists like they're treating it like this is the first time anyone watching this movie has seen someone fly because like everything he does in the airplane it's so like the majesty of air flight and it's like yeah we see this shit every day you you're sitting in your fucking bathroom you look up through the skylight there's a fucking plane flying overhead we understand we get a movie yeah it's corny oh, as shit I forgot about the skylight in your bathroom, especially since you live in a basement. It's it gets weird. <laughs> I have a strong imagination. <laughs> but you know and what I mean. It's like yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
It's Los Angeles, 1938. Yeah. And then elsewhere, there's a car chase with guns. This you know, it bag- feels like another movie has started. <laughs> You're like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Bad guys stole some shit, being chased by cops and feds. Yeah. And uh, and then for some reason, Cliff decides to buzz these cars that are having a gunfight. <laughs> why did Why did he fun. do that? Yeah. Like, what did you? Th- he can see that these guys are shooting at each other. Like, what did he think was gonna happen? It's so well, he gets his he yeah. gets his plane shot. That's what happens. I love that the I, gangster I, randomly because he's in there's a gangster who's in a sustained a car gunfight with the FBI, and he takes the opportunity just to like unload a whole magazine into Cliff's airplane for no reason. Well, he yeah. thought it was a monster. I guess so. Like, do, do, he hasn't does seen this a gangster never seen an airplane before? I know, no. I know it's 1938, but it's you know. Oh and my god! So his plane gets hit. Oil sprays everywhere. And yeah. So he's got to land somewhere. It's an emergency. He's got to land somewhere within the next 20 minutes. And then the bad guys park at a hangar, pulls, puts, <laughs> they pulls out. One of them's dead. The yeah. driver puts a vacuum that looks kind of like a rocket inside the box they stole. I, I he gets do, back in the car. It's a little commentary on how much the rocket that the rocketeer uses looks. It is just swappable with like a giant, yeah, old, uh, old time yeah. 1940s vacuum cleaner. Yeah. He gets back in the car and drives down the runway. Where he gets hit by the crashing landing plane. Because, sure, I guess you could do that. And then that car crashes in a gas truck. And it explodes all over the place. There's a lot of moving parts already in the first five minutes of this film in terms of plot stuff. Because, yeah, but before, like, the gangster's car uh, crashes into the gasoline truck, he jumps out. So he's only fucked up but not totally dead. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Cliff lands his airplane that's on fire, but he takes a moment to make sure he he runs back and grabs his girlfriend Jenny's photo that he has tacked up on the dashboard of his plane. Yeah, Um, okay, it's good. It's all gone to shit. Thanks, Lucky Gum. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. Uh, Okay, okay, I'm going to try not to interrupt you every ten seconds, because I only took like three notes of this whole movie. Uh, Do you know, uh, you don't give a shit about Star Trek, right? No, but I know there's a ton of Star Trek people in this. Yeah, aside from like Alan Arkin and uh, and uh, John Connolly, everyone oh, okay. else in this movie's been in Star Trek. It's OX or Timothy Dalton, but like mm. uh, the the gangster who swaps out the uh, rocket is he played Rom on Deep Space Nine, and oh. also the gangster who's shooting him he played the dad of uh, of he played the dad of the dead. Starfleet cadet from the Wesley Crusher episode of Next Generation called The First Duty, where Wesley Crusher actually gets a fellow to cadet killed during a, like a flight training thing. And like every 10 seconds of the movie, there's a Star Trek person showing blowing my mind. But anyway, I just had, as a Star Trek fan, I was legally <laughs> obligated it was, to go, oh my god. I had, it's like know. it was the 90s. Yeah, well, it's funny because like these guys were pretty much doing these their Star Trek roles right when this movie was being made, too. So, you yeah. know. Anyway. Anyway, um,. They complain later about how the feds are saying it's their fault for the plane got fucked up. And oh, Cliff yeah, there's is, a whole insurance Cliff thing. is all aggro saying that they made a living on that plane. And one of the feds says, maybe it's time you got a real z- job. Zing? Got him? And that's enough for Cliff Secord to punch him. That shows you uh-huh. Cliff Secord is a man of action. Trademark oh, he has copyright. a short fuse. Yeah. He's such a hot shot badass. He's so tough with his treasure planet hair. After, and after they break his weird it up, little the other... nose tip. Mm. The other Fed says he probably had it coming, and then the, the they go and talk to the bad guy that didn't die, and 
ask him where the package is, and he says, Blown to hell, go find it. <laughs> and he got a funny tooth bandaid on his head from the 1920s. It is really cartoony, yeah. <laughs> He's just got one scratch on his face. God, oh man. I, I feel bad for whoever tried to, had to create like a trailer out of this movie to kind of make it look cool and badass. Because everything that everyone in this movie says is like out of a pinky in the brain cartoon or something. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's fucking Tiny well, they, Toons as shit. They find the burned up vacuum and assume it's the package, so they call to report it. And uh, it's, uh, some guy on the other end of the phone's like, Oh shit, oh well, hey, military bed, standing in my office for reasons. <laughs> that thing got all bloated up, and I ain't making you another one either, because you we guys are jerks. know who this jerks. is supposed to be, right? Well, no, Bill, the movie never tells me. <laughs> you guys are jerks and want to make a weapon out of that stuff. So I don't know I'm going to burn serious, these blueprints, yeah, okay. and they're like, well, why, who want us to tell the president? And he says, well, tell him the dream is over. Howard Hughes says, though, <laughs> what a twist! Well, and also, that like, guy stand, is Howard Hughes! He's in all the room kids, where it's just like Hughes International over everything, all, like, acting All the products. children in the audience gasped because they had heard the, the legends of Howard Hughes. Exactly, that's, again, this thing stacked against this movie, one of the pivotal characters is Howard fucking Hughes. That, you know, mm -hmm. that character kids in the 1991 could not get enough of. <laughs> I, I, I was 11, I was like, oh, give me more God. Hughes. Also played by uh, the the guy playing Howard Hughes. He was one of the main characters in Lost and also another Star Trek guy veteran, too. Mm. Anyway, but yeah. Anyway. I do like the thing, because like, they're shown... They, they, don't, they don't make a big uh, fuss out of it, but uh, when he's talking about how he had invented the rocket pack and how he's not going to invent another one, uh, he's uh, flipping through a bunch of uh, photos and documents and stuff he was set, were getting ready to send off to the people running the 1939's World Fair. Next year, which mm -hmm. I thought that was a nice little touch, because, you know, there was such a big Art Deco. Actually, that's funny, because then in Captain America, they actually go to that World's Fair in New York, so that's kind of a funny... Anyway, but yeah. That is funny. And so, uh, back at the airfield, a uh, stereotype, fat, greedy, raspy-voiced <laughs> man. I think the guy who's played this is actually a character in, like, five Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like Danny... <laughs> it's a bunch of Danny DeVito. Yeah. Hey, don't don't knock my balls. Except you can't say he, balls. Don't knock my nuts. <laughs> he's charging Cliff and PV, which is Alan Arkin's character, for the gas car that blew up. Well, okay, yeah. Oh he yeah, says, exactly. Yeah. They could do that old clown act again. Ten bucks for you, and five bucks goes to the bill. You just see you in court if you don't do it. They get it leaves, then he leaves. Cliff jumps in their own plane that they gotta use now because the other one fucked up. But there's oh, something ouchy yeah. ouchy under the seat as Peavy's duffel bag. Inside, they find a rocket. And Cliff, of course, pushes a button and sends it flying all over the place, knocking shit all over. Well, and the rocket suddenly turns into a terrible blue screen special effect that knocks everything over, too. Oh, man, that's another thing working against. I'm granted this movie didn't look quite so bad in 1991, but watching it now, it's like, ugh. All the mm -hmm. blue screen effects in this movie are. They're not terrible for the time. They're just but chunky. Like, they have not aged well, though, but yeah. No. So, um, uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the rocket bounces around the, 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 the office run, for a while. They run and turn it off, and they're surprised the housing's still cooled. And they figure out it's a backpack. <laughs> just so kind of looking at the rocket now. It's funny because it does look like two giant metal titties strapped like with an engine in the middle. If you're looking mm. at it, I was like, oh, man, there's a theme in this movie. But yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, so... After after that, they go out at night and steal a statue from outside of flight school. I do like I the think. things. It's 
So I guess the flight school's name is the Lucky Lindy's Flight School, which, you know, love. Uh, oh, God, who's the guy who flew around the world for the first time? Charles Lindbergh, and it's a statue mm. of Charles Lindbergh. I don't know if it's actually, like, a school actually run and managed by Charles Lindbergh, but I do like, yeah, that that's it's a statue of uh, Charles Lindbergh that they use as a test subject for this next sequence. Mm. I think that was a good touch. So gangsters. Randomly gangsters, yeah. Talking to a sweaty Timothy Dalton, who's playing some guy named Sinclair. Mm -hmm. And he didn't play straight with them. There were feds there. It wasn't a simple smash or grab. And they want to know why it was so important. And then they start to leave, and he's like, hey, it was a rocket. And I, he wants that rocket. And one of the gang, only the gangster's guy who survived knows where it is. And he's in the hospital. And Sinclair's mad about the whole thing and puts his sword that he's been swishing around like some kind of asshole. Yeah, he's got like this airplane glove on and he's being all poncy about it, yeah. He puts the sword to the mobster's throat, which seems like a terrible idea when there's two <laughs> goons right there ready to shoot the shit out it's of like, you. It's like, Timothy Dalton, you know they invented guns for a reason, because guns beat swords, even <laughs> especially fucking Hollywood play-acting swords. Like fencing mm -hmm. swords. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He demands the rocket, not today, not tomorrow, but now, and he'll get it to him and he'll double the price. And he points, the monster points at him and says, You'll triple the price, and then they leave. <laughs> he points his finger to Stacy and says, Yeah, he says it exactly like that. You triple the price. Uh huh. But actually, then, yeah, fucking Paul Sorvino is kind of like that, yeah. That little finger. Get, and after they this leave, this movie did not phone. need this scene, because, like, when this scene first starts up, I assumed that what we're going to find out that, like, I thought, because, uh, like, knowing, remembering that this is the bad guy of this movie is, is an actor. Um, I thought the camera was going to pull out, and it turns out this is a scene that Timothy Dalton is filming for the film. Mm. Which, they, they do pull that stunt later, when he's filming his Robin Hood knockoff. But, like, and also, this is a little bit too much exposition. I'm kind of surprised the movie doesn't do that thing where they kind of present Sinclair as, like, a good guy, and then pull the rug out from underneath the audience later. It's funny that right from the get-go... It's he's yeah. just like there's no he's evil. I thought like, they're that not too. even trying to trick with you, trick you or anything like that. So which uh, is fine. Which I guess, is fine. But... There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't because that seems like such an obvious take for this this character. But yeah. Anyway. So he gets on the phone. He calls some motherfucker that's listening to the magic flute on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Is Rondo happy? He's got it. We don't see what the guy it. looks like, right? No, not yet. Okay. He's got a job for him. A condolence call. Oh. Mm. Even when he's by himself, he's got to be a smarmy asshole. <laughs> it's still night, and the good guys chained the statue to the ground. And put yeah, it's, it's Cliff and Peavy. Yeah. And put the rocket on its back, and they turn it on, and it flies up in the sky and circles around, but whoopsie doodles, a stick popped out of the ground, and it launched, flies away into the sky. And then Cliff Secord's like, oh no, we lost the rocket pack, what are we gonna do now? Mm-hmm, but look out, it's right behind you! Oh. It's kind of a nice effect, because it almost looks like a little falling star in the far distance, and then suddenly it starts getting larger and larger, and then they have to go, whoa! And it starts, yeah, almost hits them, and yeah. Yep, then it crashes in the ground, and they get to it and turn it off. And as they carry the statue back, Cuff gets a crazy idea. He wants to borrow it for a while because people would pay to see a man fly and take some money to make him. I do like Alan Harkin's like, you know what's you know called when you borrow something without telling anyone? It's called stealing. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then so, it cuts to the movie just stops. Oh, Joe Johnson, thank you so much. God bless you, sir. <laughs> 
21 minutes in and the movie could really begin. 21 minutes oh. and 0 seconds. It's oh. holy shit. They, 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 he knows what he's doing. He just Judge Johnson, thank you so much. The tights and the... Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. I'm watching it now. Oh, it's like, God. oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things you just gotta lean back in your chair and fan yourself with your hands. That's all you can muster. How? Like... I don't, I don't know it's, how... I don't know. Just even the makeup and the costuming, and I like the. I also, I, they also kind of got me wondering a little bit. Like when, a, when, I, I, I guess this isn't quite a standardized thing, but if you're a lady in a production like this, are you obligated to put on like 40s underwear and stuff too? Is that stuff hard to find or? It probably depends. No, it probably depends on how strict they are with. Because yeah. I mean, like in Star Wars, wasn't like Luke Skywalker wearing like Levi's? Well, that's what his jeans were. They were just bleached white Levi jeans. But that's yeah. the fantasy thing you can get away with stuff. Whereas this, you're calling back to a very specific time that people actually do remember. And I kind of wonder think... if there is like a thing of like, well, she's obviously wearing like garter belt because like, the, literally the first shot of her is putting on her stockings. But yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that because. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> She's going on a date with Cliff. I was thinking about Jennifer Connelly's underwear in the Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, yeah. She, Jennifer Connelly lives in a house with a whole bunch of other ladies, which I thought was going to be a plot point, but it isn't really. No. Yeah. It's her turn to pick where they're going, so they're going to go. No, no James Cagney movie for them this time. No. It's a Sinclair joint. It's some shit called Wings of Honor. Oh, which and then a newsreel plan. We saw a, 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 a billboard for that uh, when during the, the opening mm. flight chase thing because the uh, fucking Cliff C. Cordon was crashed into one, a billboard for that shit. Yeah, but yeah so they're, the, they're at the they, theater. It's all schmitty. Newsreel. Nazis, blimps. The blimp is flying across the world. It just happens to end up in L.A. Hey, you think that's where the end set piece is going to be? I guess we'll find out. I remember seeing this for the first time. I was actually impressed at how they seeded that bit of information and just like, because they don't bring it up again until the end of the movie, but it was mm. fine. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the hospital, a monster man sneaks in through the window. <laughs> And he demands to know where the rocket is. How is this hey. guy any good at sneaking? Because A, he's 12 feet tall, and B, he's wrong hey. no fucking Ooh. Hatton. He's a yeah. fucking... This, I always, you, I always thought this do, was one do of Do the... you know what yeah. we seen this actor in, Bill? He's, have we, what did we see him in? We see, he was a very large man in Roadhouse. Oh, it's that actor. yeah. Oh, that's he right. He's also been on Star tiny, Trek. It's tiny. What's his face? Yeah, I saw he plays like a Kirijin on tiny Voyager Roy. or something like that. But no, yeah, he okay, was so... he was the lead for Annie's bodyguard. He was what? I'm pretty sure the the wasn't he like didn't the. Uh, uh, Wallace Shawn's Ferengi have like this. Oh, that's bodyguard. no, that's what it was. Okay, okay, okay. I had to think back because I can remember what his character looked like. I thought he was a Voyager, but that's what it was because he shows up. I a think he's times played multiple Wallace. characters. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Big Hollywood stunt guy. He's like, like, yeah, twelve feet tall. That's I didn't realize that was the same dude. That is hilarious. Well, and do, do you know who Rondo Hatton is? The Rondo guy Hatton. that the makeup's based off of? Yeah, that's one of the weirdest things about this movie. So I, wa I wonder if they had to talk to the estate. Because there, there was a horror actor from the 1930s and 40s who looked like this character. His name was Rondo Hatton. And he just looked like this. I mean, he just had, like, big lips and a big nose. And he just looked like a big monster. And he just had some, like, he had fibromyalgia or whatever the fuck made his face all look all fucked up. And they decided for this movie... Hey, let's take this real life guy 
Let's make him a monster murder man. It's like if they had Rocky Dennis from Mask. <laughs> Suddenly, like we're gonna make you're gonna make we're gonna make someone up to look like the Elephant Man, but he's gonna be killing people in this movie. It's like okay, that's a weird green decision, especially because if you know anything about the 1940s, you would know about that guy. So it's it's. Uh, but and, and they don't do anything to kind of really make him sympathetic aside from the how he dies at the last second of the end of the film because you think it would be kind of like he would be some kind of like gentle giant character but no he's just the evil man because he's ugly he's a monster he's, he's, a, monster he's man. a he he goes inside and demands to know where the rocket is but and that that little Ferengi man doesn't answer anybody <laughs> but that would be Eddie Valentine he plays, like, he plays a Ferengi man he, you're not mm -hmm. kidding. Unless, he doesn't answer to anybody but Eddie Valentine unless you jostle him slightly. Then he'll spill the beans all over the place. Oh, to be fair, the guy's already in traction and probably a lot of pain, so would, like any kind of big shook would probably hurt. And, and also the, the poor actor, the tiny Lister, what, not tiny Lister, but yeah, the guy in the Rondo Haddon makeup, it's, the <laughs> lips aren't really well articulated, so when he talks, he's like, bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> it's just like it doesn't look great, but yeah. So, and uh, for some reason, the nurse and guard outside can't tell the difference between the screams of the man in the room next to them and the music yeah, playing on the radio. They're like listening to Burns and Allen, and some guy's screaming in the next room, and they're just laughing at him <laughs> until the screaming doesn't stop. And they're like, "Oh wait, that's real!" And they go in there. And the guy's all, and he's oh, he's the, the the dude's all like folded up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's I guess that's yeah, this fucking Rondo hat motherfucker. Is that, I think the character's name is like Lothor. <laughs> is this calling card? You see yeah, false people yeah, in half, Lothor. which is totally random as shit. Yeah. Which was it was very sad the day he met his match when he ran into a contortionist. And he tried to bend him in two every way he could, but the man just kept folding and saying, Ha ha The guy's like, so Hey, you thank you so win. much. You should be a chiropractor. I'm loving this. <laughs> He's like, mm -hmm. I hate you so much. Yeah. So they 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 can't find him. They look out the window, and for some reason, can't see the seven foot tall monster man standing next to them, and Shuffling who just scuff, scuffles away, intimidating, very intimidating. I love, I love the image of the giant bruiser bouncer from uh, from Roadhouse and those tiny little shoes going shuffle shuffle shuffle, twinkle toe shuffle out of camera frame. Yeah. yeah. It does the Hamsar sound? Exactly. As it away. I love movies. I love our podcast. So oh, at the God. Bulldog Diner, which I guess was a real thing back in the day. Mm, everybody's uh, mocking the movie Cliff and Jenny just saw, making fun of him drop because he, he, he dropped a champagne bottle in yeah. the enemy trenches or something. Well, and everyone there is they're, they're all from the uh, they're all pilots from from the uh, flight place, and so you get the. They, they quickly established this is pretty much where Jenny and uh, Cliff go to pretty much every goddamn night. And everyone's super yeah. chummy. It's it's like pilot-filled cheers, essentially. Yeah. yeah. One and of the older guys tells a young girl about being shot at by the Red Baron while he tries Six to fix Sindel. the toy plane. <laughs> I am going to have to take a Photoshop of him and Six Sindel. Like, it's his, <laughs> she, he's her stunt double. Because he's got yeah. these boggle eyes and his lips and the hair. It's perfect. Yeah. And, uh... He tries to fix her plane, but his shaky hand sends the wheel flying into Jenny's soup, and it splashes all over her titties. Even soup can't they, resist. Are they, are they fucking with me? Are they fucking with us? Having this yeah. white creamy broth splash on her tits? <laughs> and it's just like... You know what you're doing, right? You know what you're suggesting. Like, even oh, they know. Oh, you know. She's yeah, cleaning her tits, and it's just like... Oh. Well, no, because every everybody in the diner was murdered when a massive stampede <laughs> occurred due to everybody trying to be the one to clean off the front of her dress. Oh, God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> even... even <laughs> 
Even the, guys, the grizzled the old go- lady behind the diner counter is like, I'll get that for you, hun. The guys all get pushed off their stools from their boners just erecting themselves <laughs> right off the chairs. It's just like, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. So, anyway. Uh, she's sick of always eating at this place. She'd like to go somewhere nicer. Maybe once he gets money, he wins the Nationals. And whoops. Uh, yeah, they, they uh, keep on talking about the Nationals. They really never talk about what it is. I guess it's supposed to be some kind the, of National Aeronautics the, race. The guy that sent the wheel splashing on her titties is like, Oh, man, you're playing super <laughs> fucked up. You ain't going to Nationals. Oh, that's right. Because he told her the, the, the to landing hide. was a little bumpy. Not yeah. that his plane exploded. Which, that sounds like a pretty bitchin' thing. Like, you think you'd be like, hey, buddy. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I almost died, but I made sure to save your photo. How do you not? I mean, I guess the whole idea is, like, she wants him to get a real job, and she's afraid he's going to die because he is a test pilot. And I guess it yeah. does come off bad if he's like, hey, w- hey, honey, today I got shot out by the FBI, and then there's oil <laughs> I, and I crashed. I punched and an FBI man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's trying to make things sound as mundane Whoa. as possible. So he can seem more like a stable uh, boyfriend, but yeah. But she should be the first to know when something bad happens, not the last. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, she's right. He's like, they knew because they were at the airfield, and I... Sh- yeah, that's so. That's the right response, and she's like, "I wasn't there because I had an audition. It's important to me." And he's like, "Yeah, I understand. Just like the last time I flew regionals, you had a big part. Stood behind Merrill Lloyd with a bowl of grapes. Hey, what are you doing, my dude? Yeah, my dude? Hey, dude. my dude? Come on. Are you the dumbest, my dude? She's actually so she... got a real job. You're sitting her fucking." You're living with some old man in a house, like, trying to get, like, these fucking little paper airplanes to fly. Like, don't be fucking throwing rocks at other people about their fucking job situation, man. Yeah. She's like, did you not see liquid splash on my blouse? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Cliff Seymour so, fucking things up left and right. Yeah, so she leaves. And a lady behind the counter is like, hey, asshole, go after her. Because he's about to take a bite of a sandwich. Like, oh, well, I'll go over it I mean, the movie Switch. is trying to present Cliff Secord as this affable, like, but not quite very smart dude. You know, I want to see the kind of person they're trying to get to these to come see this kind of movie. It would be that kind of like, you know, I, I love my girl, but I don't know how to quite take care of her. I don't know how to handle these ladies. It is funny that, like, fate wants to put as much difference between Jenny and Cliff Secord as humanly possible because suddenly a fucking, like, f- fucking bus magically appears right when she needs it and she flies away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the old guy can let it slip. The his plane got bloated up. Comes outside. Is like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. And Cliff's like, well, it's not your fault. Which it wasn't. He should have told her he almost died. Yeah. Well, that's the but thing. It's, it's more Cliff's fault than it is anyone at the at the diner. You know. Oh, it's absolutely his fault. Yeah. So uh, he gets to PV in his place, where uh, PV's working on a radio to make it into a helmet because it's, back in the day, radios had the strongest casing known to man that you could make a helmet out of. Yeah, I guess it's like bulletproof brass that just happens yeah. to look like the Rocketeer's helmet. <laughs> hmm Yeah. PV lays some truth on him. It, uh, she doesn't care about all the Hollywood stuff that she's doing, like, the people, they're all phonies. She cares about him, and if she dumps him, it'll be all his mm-hmm. fault. But he's a turd and said, what do you know about women? You ain't had a date since 1932. I love his response, though, where he's like, whatever, like, Ethel Merman or whatever he says, like, mm-hmm. after her, there's no point in dating anyone else. And I was like, oh, that's pretty yeah. cute justification. Also, it's very Actually, much... Well, it was more, Ethel Merman, ain't no point in dating <laughs> anybody after her. 
Also, I wonder if they slipped that into the movie just just to make sure that he the audience knows he he he's not he has the not gays. Like just because mm. Cliff Secord's living with this old lonely old man, it's not like a gay thing. It's just he's just the guy's straight, just old, and he likes airplanes more than women. So yeah. Plus, it's everybody else's fault but Cliff's. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. The next morning, Cliff comes in, finds a helmet, but he's like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me!" Because it's it's a comic book helmet. What the fuck do you and expect, then... man? You live in 1938. <laughs> How cool did you want this helmet to look like? It was made by an old man overnight while you were unconscious. Made out of a fucking yeah. radio, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Filming on the cassette of Sinclair's movies happening. He's it's obviously just Robin Hood, the 1938 yeah. Robin Hood that we talked about on this very podcast. Like, they're biting but off But somehow with worse hair. Yeah, and fucking uh, Timothy Dalton, he's got the shitty turd mask on that makes him look cross-eyed. Not cool at all. He's the laughing bandit. Ain't it great? Yeah. And the girl reads her lines terribly that Jenny said she was going to read. Oh, your lips on my face. <laughs> I could drink from them. Something. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah, I forgot. This it is was the supposed role that Jenny's be, all bur- uh, burned up because like, she even recited that bit of lines. Well, she was supposed to. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be Jenny, but it's not. It's the producer's niece. What? Jesus. Oh, the producer's niece. Because I'm going to say, how the fuck? Oh my God! It's Jennifer Cotty, not Jesus. So yeah, okay. Just calm <laughs> down, Bill. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, Cliff shows up to the closed set and just walks around like an asshole, and then he watches the scene take place through a crack of the wall. And uh, after the girl finally gets her line right after like twenty takes, uh, he decides he wants to knock the wall over and like a real asshole says. I'm looking for Jenny Blake. Hey, my dude. My dude. Don't my say dude. <laughs> I don't think you need a helmet to fly that rock, because you ain't got no brains left He's to damage. He's already been brain damaged. Don't, don't fuck up a production and say, hey, the name of the person who they're going to blame for this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. What also, I guess they just don't bolt down... Uh, set flats in this universe. <laughs> it just falls no, down. I yeah. like the idea of him rearing up and intentionally kicking it down. Like fucking Cusco from the universe new groove and just saying, hey, where's my girlfriend, you motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a shotgun that he cocks. Also, I guess uh, that guy got stabbed. <laughs> oh, and that's... <laughs> Is, is there a deleted scene here? Because that guy is like legitimately, they have to carry him off. And it was like, did did Timothy Dalton try to kill him on purpose? Or what the hell happened here? But no, it's like uh, a drop plot thread. It's really weird. Yeah. And it's just to show Sinclair, like, oh, get out of my car. Get out some just, oh, nurse, doctor. Yeah, and stuff. I guess maybe that is, maybe there isn't a deleted scene that resolves that or anything. Maybe it is just to show how t- kind of two faced Sinclair is. Although we already know mm. he's evil, so there's no real point to that. Fucking who knows. I do love he uh, he finds a seat nearby and starts drinking from a flask, though. It's pretty great. He tells the director this was supposed to be a close set. Get this, ban this Jenny from the line. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sinclair's evil on all accounts. Jesus. Cliff wants to be honest with her and tells her about the Rockable. Oh, no, Sinclair overhears. He's very curious about this. And she says, my job's important. And then he calls her background scenery. Hey... My dude. My dude. That's, man, fucking Cliff Secord's an idiot. And again, if if he had some of that Harrison Ford roguish charm, he, like, I think this 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 role would be better off, but it, he just seems like a green dipshit teenage kid, which isn't inherently bad, but it's just... You think... You, do you, you think Bruce Campbell would have been good in this role? You know what I was thinking? I was mm. watching this, watching this yesterday got me thinking about Dick Tracy last night. 
Man, imagine how much better Dick Tracy had been if Bruce Campbell had played Dick Tracy rather than Warren Beatty. Because that would have been anybody totally would have been better than but Warren no, Beatty. Bruce Campbell, Bruce. Ca oh my God, Bruce Campbell in this role. Yeah. Oh, I mean, although you'd be wondering why he's not the like, <laughs> you'd almost have to rewrite the script so he's the one trying to be the movie star because he's got that classic movie star. Like he could have been playing the evil. He he could have been the Errol Flynn character in this movie. But no, yeah, him as Cliff Secord, that would have been and like his. His banter with Alan Arkin would have been perfect because he would have—he would have been like, "Hey, Peavy, what are you doing? And what are you going on doing over here?" Like, it's a <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Oh, I've upset Bill with my oh imaginary my casting again. That, you know, not that—I mean, the movie that would have only met the movie would have made like two more dollars, but that would have really—and again, I feel bad because I hate to shit talk the guy who they did get because he's not bad. He's just a yeah. little inert. But if you had yeah. someone who with a yeah, who you could kind of sympathize with during roles during parts like this where he's obviously fucking up, it would be more you could kind of dig your teeth in the movie a bit more. But as it is, it's kinda of just it's just yeah. plot machinations, yeah. Let's see how, so she gets her pink slip and uh told the director wants her offset, so she just flips Cliff the double bird and walks off backwards as she just pumps her fists up and down. Just making this fucking scrunched up face just Yeah, that's it. She never comes back to the movie, that's it. She just moves Sinclair to fucking tries, Wisconsin. Sinclair comes out and tries to chase down Cliff, but he isn't able to catch him. So he goes to talk to Jenny, and he puts on his most suave persona possible and invites her to dinner. And oh, she's yeah, like, that's right. Hells yeah, the only way he could be worse than my current boyfriend is if he were a literal, literal Nazi. <laughs> and the fucking... He turns at the camera and goes, Boo? <laughs> so at, a, at an air show... Have you ever Cliff seen... What's, mm. what's, the, what's the Edgar Wright movie? Uh, Hot Fuzz, where Timothy Dalton's the villain in that, too. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. He's I, I mean he's pretty good in this, but man, he's fucking great and fucking hot fuzz. But anyway, that's neither here. Yeah. But um, Timothy so Dalton could have pulled off a move like that, turning the camera and going brr. Yeah. Yeah. At an air show, Cliff is late because we needed another reason to not like this guy. And so uh, the guy from the, the, the diner who felt bad for letting this thing, the blowed up plane slip decides that. He owes that shit something and goes up in the plane in his place dressed as a clown. Oh, well, the guy's walking it's around it, talking it, about hell yeah. It, we don't start the, 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 like, the fucking flying circus now. Like, everyone's getting fired. So that's why he decides to take it upon himself to, like, dress up like yeah. the clown. Yeah. So, uh, he's, yeah, he's dressed up as a clown, but that's not part of the act. He just wanted to go out with a smile on his face. <laughs> this is like a fucking origin and, uh, joker of the Joker. Also, origin story for the Joker's dad. Also, the gangsters are there, having searched the place from top to bottom, because I guess they wanted to do that when the place was at its most busy? I guess? I, I mean, I guess everyone... Wouldn't you a... do that at, like, night, or when there's not an air show happening? Yeah, and especially you're going to talk about how you're going to tear the place apart in front of everyone who runs the place, and, like, yeah, it's a little... It's a 1940s comic book movie, like, it's... It, you're not supposed to think about it too hard, but it is a little bit like, okay, come on, guys. <laughs> So then Cliff gets there and runs up to the greasy guy and, uh, and Peavy's like, Hey, I'm like two minutes and you sent Oh, the greasy guy, up? he's the guy who owns the airfield. He was the one bitching yeah. about like the gasoline and shit earlier, yeah. He's, that guy's been in a dozen Just, things. Yeah, he's that guy. Um, he's, he's like a cartoon character. Yeah, John Polito. Uh, John Polito? John Polito. As they, Polito. As they call him in the Polito. industry, Johnny Sticks. <laughs> Johnny Pol Polio. He was in The Crow. He was in The Crow? I guess so, yeah. Uh, he's been in a bunch of... Like I said, I think he's been in a, at least a couple Coen Brothers movies. As this kind of... Yeah, like, he was in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he has 222 credits, so he's been in a few things. Yeah, whenever you need a guy, like when Danny DeVito is charging too much, you get this guy. <laughs> when you need somebody slightly taller than Danny DeVito, you call him. <laughs> I was surprised they could have got him to play Detective Pikachu, for Christ's sake. So, oh, God. Uh, they, they, he's like, hey, you send somebody else up in that plane, and they realize who it is, and are like, oh, that motherfucker ain't flown a plane in 25 years. He's gonna fucking crash the fuck out of that shit. So... Uh, Cliff gets the rocket to save his friend, and Peavy tells him, he's like, how do I look? And Peavy's like, hey, you look like a hood ornament, because uh, they needed that for the trailer. And off into the sky he goes. Yeah, actually, yeah, I remember that being a big moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he, then he takes, he, he, he like, reaches into Cliff's mouth and pulls out his gum. And slaps yeah. it on the back of the, the rocket, which, just to keep that, like, little story thread alive, yeah. Mm -hmm. For luck, it helped you so good last time, we gotta do it again. And so, uh, blue screen happens, and Lot eventually blue screen. So he the saves the old man from the plane. Yeah, Cliff Seacord disappears and is replaced with a stop-motion blue screen puppet. Mm-hmm. Dropping him onto some giant airbag they just had at the air show for reasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, before flying off into the sky. And... I do like the because I actually had a stuntman on a real airplane flying over, like, the Van Nuys Mountains, which looks good. Uh, mm. I had a friend last night. He was in the middle of watching Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And he, right, he, he texted me to ask me why all the airplane scenes in the middle of the movie were Indiana Jones and Sean Connery being chased by the Nazis. He's like, why does that look so terrible? And I was like, that's a good point because I just got done watching The Rocketeer and there's lots of scenes like that in this movie. And they actually just put people in, in an airplane. So, it, you know, it's obviously like up in the sky. I don't know why they couldn't do that with Harrison Ford and Sean Connery, but... Anyway, but yeah. It looks pretty yeah. good. This whole action scene's kind of nice. For, for what yeah. it is in 1991. This guy's yeah. shenanigans happen. He flies past, like, people in another place. He's like, hi! And they're like, oh my gosh, a flying man? Yeah. And he eventually just crashes into a pond slash swamp with PV close behind in his car. And he's like, I like it! But he should probably be careful. Cause, and they gotta get out of there because the press is coming and they don't want to get caught. Yeah. So, and there's not but much... the car stakes in this scene other than like especially once he saves his friend he's just flying around essentially just showing off shots that'll be in the trailer for the movie and then he yeah. Yeah, crashes in the swamp and that's like nothing's really building it's not like he's at risk of being found out or anything like that like again this movie just being affably low stakes yeah, yeah. so uh the car won't start so they just put in neutral and he uses the rocket to push them out of there like in a, in a scene that would fit right in with a Herbie the Love Bug movie. Oh, because the gangsters show up and so they that's why they need to get out of there fast too. And so yeah. it's very... And, and the car is obviously just like driving down the road and sped up fast forward with like a little like mm -hmm. like flame animation effect on the back of it. But it's cute. Yeah, It's very last Starfighter guy, moment. Yeah, back at the airfield, the guy that runs the place I was act like it was all part of his plan. He's all part of it. And he's like, oh, it's the Rocket Man. And they're like, that name fucking sucks. Give us something better. <laughs> he looks why out why is this guy? Well, I guess he's pretending that the Rocketeer works for him. So they, yeah, I guess it is he, his obligation to come up with the name for the character. But yeah, he looks out a window and sees some billboard that says like Pioneer. And he's yeah. like, Rocketeer. And they're like, hey, that's like a whole, oh, hmm, ha, ho, hmm, old dimey stuff. And then ready. Sinclair doesn't like what he sees in the newspaper as a flying man. This movie it makes takes him place in, like, it one day. It like, makes him pull off his shitty wig he's so upset about. He's it. so angry at this newspaper that that magically is reporting the events that just happened five minutes ago on the other side mm -hmm. of town. Yeah. Yep. 
And the feds also see it, and they're like, oh, we did a bad job. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's right, because Howard Hawks, not Howard Hawks, Howard Hughes all like, well, boys, I'm sure glad you were able to keep the remains of this fucking uh, vacuum cleaner out of the hangs of the gangsters. And they are just like, oh, no, we're in trouble. And so then they go back to the airfield to see what the hell's up. And now, before the next show starts, let's enjoy an intermission. You'll find our snack bar chock full of good things to eat and drink. Tasty, tempting hot dogs, thirst-quenching soft drinks, fresh, crunchy popcorn, a complete assortment of delicious candy, and a full line of cigarettes. You've plenty of time, so visit the snack bar now. A tasty treat will double your enjoyment of the show. To some, it was the fulfillment of a dream. To others, it was an instrument of destruction. A creation that could change the course of history. It was stolen from my factory. Where's the package? Tell the president. Tell me exactly why this merchandise is so important to the feds. It's a rocket. A rocket? Ow! What? What's the matter? I don't know. There's something under the seat. Oh, my. What are we doing here? What are you supposed to do? Is it a bomb or something? No. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. How do I look? Like a hood ornament. Stand clear. What was that? Are you trying to kill yourself? I like it. Uh-oh, we got company. You steer, I'll push. For what? I will not rocket, Eddie. Not next week, not tomorrow. Now. Keep your eyes open for this dame. Jenny's in trouble. <gasps> They're working for a Nazi agent. With an army equipped with these, you could rule the world. Cliff! You touch one hair on her head, I swear I'll... <laughs> Shoot him! We've got the girl. The rocket will come to us. I love her, Peeve. Does she know that? She's gonna find out. Go get him, kid. Yes, you lucky people, just sit back for a moment, relax, and notice the delightfully clean, cool, and refreshing atmosphere of this scientifically air-conditioned theater. Great, isn't it? Remember... You can enjoy great motion picture entertainment all summer long in cool comfort at this theater. Uh, but Oopsie O knows the the greasy guy's there and he's been folded in half. It's pretty hard to do with a fat man. Because that mm -hmm. belly, unless you, unless you explode his belly and his guts all over the place. Like, I, like you, you cannot fold me in half. You, you'd have to be fucking Godzilla to pull that shit off. But, you know. <laughs> 
It's, it's well, so whoever look, did. All they show of the guy being folded in half. What to create the effect? They have the guy, the fat guy, lying on his on the, uh, on his back on the floor with a shoe next to his head. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> they're obviously like. You, I wonder if they even try to build a model of the guy or something like that. But no, you're just supposed to get the idea for that. Yeah, it just cracks me up. Yeah. So and whoever did it's on their way to PB's and Cliff's house. I don't. Why do you give them their information? Ah, uh, yeah. He didn't so, know that he had they had anything to do with it. For some reason, Rondo Hatton wrote down PB and. Well, I guess presumably he must have tortured the guy into writing down Cliff and Peavy's address onto a piece of paper. Uh, and then the guy wrote it down, and the impression of that writing it down left an impression that the FBI agents can see on the notepad on the blank piece of paper beneath them. It's all just... The, the story threads that link together all the stuff in this movie are a little bit, too, like I said, a little bit too convoluted for its own good. But Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the Amish giant attacks Peavy in the house... Well, Peavy's also, up. before he attacks, though, Peavy's in the middle of die. I guess he's just taken apart the uh, the rocket and has just finished drawing up a bunch of blueprints to uh, showing how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they fight, Cliff gets up, gets there and fights again, and then the FBI shows up just smashing fences and being dicks all over the place. They surround and the, the house, and by surround the house, they just point their guns at the front door and don't... They seem to think about, like, the side doors, the back door, back porch, or anything yeah. like that, yeah. And then the monster man pushes Cliff's head into the ceiling and says, Where is it? Which is a terrible whoop about flapping just They didn't even try to make it not look Not stupid. even, yeah. Oh, my God. And then the, the FBI knock on the door, and Lothar, which is his name, start just start shooting right away. So the FBI just unloads their bullets into the house. Lothar is just standing there in the living room, just <laughs> unloading his two tiny little pistols at the FBI. It's like 20 guys with Tommy guns. And so Lothar is not immediately cut in half. He just stands yeah. there for five minutes returning fire. And then, yeah, eventually PV and Cliff decide, okay, we gotta sneak, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Well, he get lit, the big guy gets his hat shot off and oh, when he okay. grabs it. He also picks up the blueprints that PV had Yeah, he drawn. bends over and, like, yeah, the, the, he, he, and uh, it turns out that Cliff and PV had disguised the rocket as a Art Deco lamp. And mm -hmm. so before they leave, like, through the same back door, I'm, I'm, I'm almost surprised they don't, like, run into Lothar's ass. Because they both escape the exact same way. But then they grab yeah. the rocket and they, they, they escape. Yep, they're having fun, but not as much fun as we're about to have uh, watching the greatest costume we know ever put silver screen. Christ. Next time Oscars has like a hundred years. 51 minutes and 16 seconds in, and who cares about what else happens? Because oh white dress, white dress, red lipstick, oh sweet cheese and crackers, oh. white dress. And then the hair and the... Oh my god, it's just... The, uh... the nice the, the eyebrows. I feel like Jennifer Connelly's eyebrows in this are what everybody on Instagram's trying to emulate now. Yeah, actually, I could see that, yeah. Um, I saw some funny little bit online where they're talking about how actually throughout this scene, you can see, like, I guess Jennifer Connelly's got, like, a sty on her left eye that magically disappears because, she, like, she had suddenly developed a sty, and so she had to mm. go get it lanced and so it suddenly disappears halfway through the, the, the scene or something like that. Like, who's how, looking at her eye? Yeah, what's like, <laughs> what are you missing? Okay, I mean, t 10 points to Gryffindor for really inspecting Jennifer Connelly's <laughs> image in this film, but I'm like, 
And I, you know what, that, then it makes me feel terrible, because, like, so it's fucking, they go to sit down and eat, and fucking Errol Flynn uh, introduces her to fucking W.C. Fields, who is a horn dog and talks like her about, like, everyone does in the movie. Well, it's, it's, so we could just get another shot of Jenny's titties. Yeah. Oh, Mr. That's... Johnson, Mr. Johnson, how dare you objectify this pinnacle of human evolution? Thank you so much. It's not, yeah, at a certain point, it's not even about sex, it's just about appreciating God's handiwork. <laughs> and, like, even W.C. Fields calling, because he says, like, oh, I'm doubly, doubly happy to meet you, and he looks down at her tits, because mm-hmm. I guess that's supposed to be the double entendre. And I just mm-hmm. want to slap the shit out of W.C. Because, yeah, he's just appreciating on this, this on a lo- level that, like, sure, you can appreciate on that level, but, yeah, like I said, there's a higher artistry at hand here that need, needs worshipping, not just, like, you want to bone it, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then fucking Cliff! I don't know, but I just... This would no one else would care about this, but speaking about Star Trek, fucking Cliff Howard suddenly shows up as a matron. Oh yeah, I noticed that. that to was say weird. he runs up to a fucking, uh, uh, fucking Sinclair. not Errol Flynn. Sinclair, Sinclair says, "Hey, you got a phone call or something like that." And yeah. the funny thing is, you really don't even see Cliff Howard's face; it's just see his forehead. But it's enough to yeah. go, "Oh, hey, that's the kid Phalon <laughs> from Star Trek." I, yeah, I, I knew that too. I just didn't bother to look it up to double check it. It's so just, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was, and I thought to myself, if that is Cliff Howard, Bill will let me know. <laughs> It's funny because like, even the movie realizes you can't have Clint Howard and Jennifer Connelly in the same shot because that would just tear apart nature just because the, the, the apex and the lopex of human bodily design right there. This fucking monster mouth little midget and this fucking goddess. Oh my god. I love humanity. The things that we do the, just, just as a species we're amazing. It's great. I love yeah. the diversity. It's fantastic. So he oh, goes God. into the office, and Claire does after that. Oh yeah, uh, and so and he sees the head mobster in there, and tells him the girl knows the Rocket Man, but well, think, uh, well, he's getting the s- information his way. I think the South, I believe the South Seas Club was a real club that exists in real life. I wonder if it was run by gangsters. Maybe I'm just confusing that with the Copacabana. I might be. Yeah, maybe not. But yeah, it's Who funny. Knows? It's night run by 1930s gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna get the information from her my way, and he's like, oh, your way, where the clues fold my guys in half. <laughs> Which is a great way to, like, are, is your dude, the guy, fold dudes in half all over town? You know, that's a really weird way to kill people, man. And, and he up. tells him, the mobster tells Sinclair the next time he touches one of his boys, he'll kill him. And Sinclair says not to threaten him, because nothing bad ever happened to movie stars in the 30s? <laughs> he should have been like, I'm gonna get fatty Arbuckle on your ass. Like, fuck you. And, like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And the, the mobster also says that if the feds take him, get him, he's gonna take Sinclair down with him. To which Sinclair responds, who are they going to believe? A crook or the number three box office star I... in America? Oh, pardon the fuck out of me. I didn't know I was messing with number three. I this is number three. There's something about the brutal honesty of like, okay, at least I give him a Sinclair that he's not like... He's not puffing up his numbers. See, that was that was kind of the perfect place for a joke that the mobster could have just sat back in his chair with a cigar and go number three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but no, he just kind of yeah. Which yeah, that's kind of weird thing because like like especially in this day of postmodern humor and stuff like that, if this movie were being written today, you would there would be at some kind of joke that would build up to a joke. But instead, of the film just kind of sits on it. It's just kind of a weird just yeah. Like, he uh, takes it very seriously that he just bragged about being the number one box yeah. office star, well, and somehow that's going to protect him. <laughs> I guess they're riffing off the fact that, like, he's a combination of what the number one and two 
stars would have been like what would it would have been like Clark Gable and Errol Flynn or something like that. But mm-hmm. oh, speaking of which, how is it Errol Flynn's estate does not sue these people? Because <laughs> they're practically coming out saying, "Hey, did you know Errol Flynn's a fucking Nazi?" Yeah. But I anyway, know. I mean, granted, like you know, he's not. Ugh, but the, the Robin Hood movie that they're filming is obviously a Robin Hood movie, even though it's Laughing yeah. Bandit. But Jesus Christ, yeah. Anyway. Cliff and Peavy are hiding out above the Bulldog Diner. I do love when... the design of the interior, because, like, you get, like, there's a shot of the exterior of the Bulldog Diner. You see there's a light inside the eyeball of the Bulldog, and then it switches yeah. to the inside, and you get to see what the inside of that sculpted uh, Bulldog head looks like. I thought it was just kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They get news that the guy that were on the owned or- airfield was killed, folded oh, yeah. in half or whatever. They're they listening decide... to a radio, and they realize shit's really yeah. starting to hit the fan, yeah. They need to call the FBI, but before they can, some shady-looking dudes come in looking for them. Uh-oh. But everybody in the diner is like, oh, I don't know that guy. I never, I haven't seen him in ages. This goes on for got... a while, too. This They're is... real assholes and just smash the place up. Yeah, the guy like, smashes they see... the coffee pot, he shoots the radio. Yeah, he threatens to burn Peavy's face on the grill. Oh, yeah, they... I don't argue, man. You almost but... get a fucking cheesesteak sandwich out of his face. Mm-hmm. But they see Jenny's number carved into the wall, because some real asshole was like, I'm going to carve her number in the wall. He was a notepad, yeah. for fuck's sake. Who did that? Secord never noticed that and tore it down or something like that? What Who the fuck? That? That's, again, like, the, the, the links between things in this film are a little bit like, okay, I guess that could kind of work, I guess, sort of, but not really, but whatever. Yeah, whatever gets the plot moving, I guess. Then they call it. Is this is at the girl's house? The, somebody picks up and they find out she's at the club with Sinclair. And uh, the two of the four mobsters leave shortly after. They all fight off the dudes and knock them out, punches yeah. and, and frying pans and all that There's shit. There's elaborate misdirection and stuff like that, <laughs> but it's all very. Do, 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 do. I wonder yeah. what they did with. The, oh, never mind. Never mind. Oh no! Uh, what was that? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I wonder what they did with those guys' bodies, but the FBI shows up shortly after this, so they're probably okay, arresting yeah. them. Um, so, uh, he got to go save her from the gangsters, so he's got to use the rocket, but whoopsie doodles, when a gun went off, it's got a ricochet hit it, and it's leaking fucking Presumably fuel all over the place. Presumably must have gotten uh, dinged up during the, 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 the gunfight at uh, Cliff and Peavy's place. No, because somebody shoots a, uh, a bullet into the ceiling when they're fighting uh, these two gangsters. Oh, and I think yeah, that's maybe that's what it was. It. Okay, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. the big important point, point, uh, plot point is that there is now a bullet hole in the rocket. Mm-hmm. And it's leaking fuel when they put the gum over it because they ain't got time to patch it <laughs> Which, up. Man, that must be some pretty good fucking gum, especially in a high-pressured machine like this. You just... Uh, yeah, just grab some chewed Beecham's well, gum and just stick it over. Damn, okay. I mean, it was back in the day when it was just uh, cancer gum. Our <laughs> yeah, gum will probably give you cancer. Bestest flavored gum. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so the, then he suddenly another trailer shot happens with a cliff roll of rockets off from the back of the Bulldog Cafe. Mm-hmm. That's all. I remember reading like every time I read about this magazine, Starlog magazine, back in the day. That was always the image they showed. Yeah. And then an uh, unseen hand points a gun at PV from down below. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, so that's mm-hmm. presumably the FBI, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then Sinclair's busy charming Jenny on the, 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 the dinner, and he asks her to dance. And she's like, there's no music. And he's like, I hear music. And then they go out to the dance floor, and they're like, the dance band's like, oh, fuck, Sinclair's out there dancing. Get the band. Get the band. <laughs> get the so band. Go, 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 play. go, go, go. Yeah. They start to play, and then... Uh, Cliff breaks into the crub. Crub. 
He's bright no, shades as a crop. Actually, there's a, there's a bit here where you get to actually. This is the thing that got me wondering about Jennifer Connelly's underwear. Is when she's dancing with uh, uh, Sinclair. You get to see she's like wearing. It's not quite a bra, but it's some kind of thing underneath her dress. That just got me thinking about like, like would she have to feel like not like a bodice, but like yeah, what the fuck to wear under a dress like that, especially for a period film like this. But uh, anyway, it's got me. thinking I don't about know. We should it. we should write her and find out. <laughs> Sure, it wouldn't be the first question to ask her about her underwear in the Rocketeer. Oh, and also, have you ever seen The Office? Uh, like chunks. Like here the Steve Carell office, the American office. Yeah. Uh, Steve Carell's boss, who he ends up marrying later on, is actually the lady singing at the club in this. Which kind of, if you've ever seen The Office, you'd be like, "Oh my God, it's Jan." But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, that's neither here nor there. I don't so, think she's been um, in Star Trek. Oh, damn it. So he breaks in the club, dresses up like a waiter, hiding the rocket in the laundry room. Yeah, I do and like then... his his waiter uh, waiter outfit is looks exactly like his rocketeer outfit, just white. Mm. But even though he's got the he's actually got the jacket underneath it, which I thought was kind of funny. He eventually scopes down Jenny and Sinclair, gives them soup bowls with a note inside hers that says to meet him, and and uh, she's too busy telling Sinclair what a fool tool her boyfriend is, crashing the fuck out of his plane. <laughs> But she eventually does go and meet him, and then she thinks he's just being jealous, but he Have tells her... Have you ever been to a restaurant where they serve, ladled the soup into a bowl like this? Because I'm wondering at if this the is... At the table? So... Yeah. No, I don't I mean, think I guess so. maybe at super fancy restaurants in the 1940s, but, like, yeah, th I, th I'm assuming that's only happening in this movie, because otherwise this plot wouldn't work, because he leaves her a note in her soup. And I do like there's a bit where he ends up playing with the with the, the plants at the table, too, where, where he's trying to listen in on their conversation, which I thought that was cute. Yeah, I don't know, because they also gave the uh, tramp pasta at the table in the that <laughs> shitty Charlie Chaplin comedy, which I know could describe any of them, but... Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so, so uh, she, Cliff and Jenny go off to talk. She thinks he's being jealous, but he doesn't. He tells her about how that one guy was murdered and that they could be coming for her next, so she gotta get out of there. Yeah. And she's like, why should I believe you? And instead of being like, because I love you, he's like, well, because if anything happened to you, I, I just died to go out of my mind. And I, on, that's dude. good enough for her, I guess. I guess that's the closest thing to a, like, oh, God, just, you don't you don't deserve her, you fucking idiot, you fucking moron. How do you just not plan mm -hmm. to kiss her on her right there? Oh, my God, you're in the plants of the South. Did Steve you Club. see that dress? Did you Good see sir. The, did you see the lipstick and the whole thing and the... And even she if... Pro she probably owns that dress. You could have seen her in that dress before now. Yeah, she was buck naked in a fucking burlap sack with ants on her face. You kissed that face. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she leaves, but oh no, Sinclair found the note floating in her soup. Who could have seen that coming? And he's gotta get that white dress back. She tries <laughs> he's just to get worried about the white dress. It cost him $14.95. <laughs> she tries to get a taxi, but it can't, and then inside Cliff runs into the Lothor, and a chase ensues. But he gets his rocket back from the laundry room, and just bounces all over the club, causing chaos everywhere. Hey, asshole, turn off the rocket! I guess there was supposed to be more of an actual action scene set here, and in the end, like, it just got cut at the last minute for budgetary concerns when they realized, oh my god, no one's gonna see this movie. Mm. And so, like, yeah, he just kind of flies around the ballroom just like an asshole for- like, it's not really exciting or anything. No. He just floats. So, 
Yeah, Jenny sees all that shit happen inside. He goes back in because, uh, okay. Come on, Jenny. And, yeah, you're not helping things. I, I I appreciate her being Well, she does a little because Cliff gets caught in a net, but before Lothar could attack Oh, him, that's she, right, yeah. She knocks him out with a vase or something. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm out of here and blasts through the skylight into the night. Because he couldn't have used the rocket with the net on top of him? That's heavy. I guess maybe there's a weight limit to the to the rocket. I guess maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe I. I mean. And then Sinclair chloroforms Jenny, telling her the night has only just begun. Gross. <laughs> Which also just gross the idea that he he feels he feels the need to bring chloroform or on a date. Just like Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know he's a villain. The fact that he's a Nazi is worse than the fact that he's a potential date rapist. But still, and also Kudo, you know, this movie shows the ultimate moment in restraint, and mm. uh, so. The Rocketeer flies off into the distance over Hollywood, and he flies off between two mountains, and suddenly the two mountains fade away into what, two big white satiny mounds. And for a moment, <laughs> it's like, oh no, you're not going to do... It's, those mounds aren't going to turn out to be... Oh, and the yeah. camera pulls back, and it's just a pair of pillows that Jenny's resting on. And I was like, because there's... <laughs> God, what, there's a French werewolf movie where... Uh, God, what's... It's some Italian actress. She's in... Uh, not, not Marina Baccarin. Uh, oh god, she was in an interview with a uh, vampire and stuff. There's a, no there's an, there's a scene in this Brotherhood of the Wolf movie where it's two, yeah, yeah, there's two mountains that fade away into a naked woman's tits. Now, for a moment, oh. I thought this movie was gonna do that, too. Oh, no! Oh, no, he's very excited about this, uh, this French movie. He heard about tits, and he's like, mm, lunch. Mm-hmm. It's bath time. Yeah, go take a bath. <laughs> you stinky boy. He's had a long day. Yeah, he had bath. Yeah, well, he had swimming lessons and he had dinner. Mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. had more interesting day than I had. That's for sure. Me too. So. Uh, oh god, but yeah, uh, fucking Jenny's knocked out on a bed and she wakes up. Yeah, yeah. Is that what? Is, what happened? Yes, that's what happens next. I just lost my spot. She had Sinclair's place. I can't so yeah. Um, oh yeah, because it's Sinclair's place. Also, this is also a famous still, mansion. She's, that she's still in her white too. dress. Thank God. Well, she spends the whole rest of the movie in that white dress. Like holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you so much. So she's, she's locked up in a room, and she, but she can see Sinclair using a secret passage through some windows and. He comes in, she pretends to be asleep again. Just plot he machinations, uses, it's all just yeah, like, yeah, he uses stuff. Smelling, he uses smelling salts on her and offers her their drink. And she's like, hey, you drug all the women to seduce them? Zang, bop, Oh, I didn't realize the movie calls attention to that. I just, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says he didn't want to do that. She hate being blackmailed by those thugs. And then he starts trying to seduce her by using lines from his movies. I do love this. This is great. This is a great character defining moment for Jenny. Yeah. But she keeps calling him out, being like, "Hey, that's from your shitty movie at this time, yeah. and that one's from that." I love time. that it he shows that Jenny knows her fucking shit when it comes to movies, and that uh, fucking Sinclair is utterly hollow because he has nothing to use on a woman that isn't just lines from a movie he had to learn. Mm -hmm. Which is a great character defining moment for both of them. And she sh she shuts him down on every opportunity. It's great. Yeah, but he thinks shit's going good enough that he wants her to put on this black see-through negligee. Oh no. <laughs> So she goes in the dressing room, he's like, okay, I'll put it on. And then she's like, hey, you wanna come in here and help me? But guess what? She was only fooling. 
She hits him with a face and knocks him out. Kabush, lots of face hitting on heads in this movie. Oh, she yeah. says, I finally played a scene with Neville Sinclair. Then she does finger guns at him. <laughs> it is, and she zips herself up, but it is a scene that almost feels like it was made for the trailer, but I guess they couldn't put that in a trailer because that would be too much giving a revealing that Timothy yeah. Dalton's a villain or something like that. But yeah, it's totally so, that kind of moment, though. She's uh, especially if escape. she had done the finger guns. That would have been great. <laughs> she's gonna escape, but the giant's in the downstairs eating chicken. <laughs> he's and just not- like the least relevant thing. He's just like sitting in a chair, not even watching TV, just eating chicken like a fucking gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> she she can't she can't uh, get away. She knocks some shit over, and then she goes into the library and she finds a secret passage by pulling on the book, The Conquest of Casanova. Gross, bro. Gross. Inside, she finds blueprints that are drawn by Peavy, and a radio that she tries to use a call for help with a German on the other line, and also she finds the Nazi handbook. Oh shit, he a Nazi spy, and he's in the doorway, but took time to get an ice pack for his owie boo-boo head. Yeah, and <laughs> he uh, pulls a, a, a rope, and a, a curtain unveils his entire Adolf Hitler action figure collection, and all kinds of mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah. He even had this, the, the one that you had to send away for because they didn't make it in time for the release. <laughs> he has a box of Hitler puffs that you had to send away for that idea for that toy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, goes God. back to the diner. No one's there except a small child in the middle of the night for whatever reason. It's like four o'clock in the morning, and then, yeah, I don't know if she's the daughter of the people yeah. who runs that place or what. But and then it's he the gets same a, kid who's who was at the airfield before too. He gets a phone call on the payphone. From the mobsters telling them they have Jenny to bring the rocket to the observatory at 4 yeah. a.m. Or it's or it's cutting for Jenny, see? But how how do they know to call the diner? How did they know to do it at that moment? Yeah. What? That stuff oh, things. Oh, oh, no, the FBI is there to arrest him. And how's the FBI know to come? I guess maybe they had a person at the... the, 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 the I don't I know. I guess. But PV's hanging out with Howard Hughes, and they're talking about the mods he made to the rocket, how fucking choice they are. And the Cliff's brought in, and Hughes says, I believe your stories, but I need that rocket back. Check out this newsreel we have. Nazis tried to make rockets too, but that shit always blew up. This is one of the highlights of the movie is actually this animated. Well, it doesn't start off animated, but it is. Uh, I guess it's Dan Stevens, the guy who created the Rocketeer. <laughs> he is the test victim that gets exploded when uh, in the mm. Nazi test footage of them, their first stab at creating a rocket pack. And Interesting. And then it kind of turns into the highlight of the whole movie where there's an animated... I guess the... the, the no, Nazis, you can't say that. The Nazis, you can say the second highlight of well, the movie. You know true. what the highlight we is. We know the movie. top two we highlights know, of this we movie. You, what you're oh, watching. my God. The third <laughs> highlight of the film is the animated sequence in which the Nazis uh, just create a little propaganda film about how they're going to take over the world using rocket packs and... It's funny because, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, uh, the director Joe Johnson, he worked in Industrial Light and Magic, and he was an artist who designed a lot of Star Wars stuff, and totally like the character design and everything for this little lost animated sequence. I was like, oh, that that was totally. You could tell it was storyboarded by Joe Johnson because like all figures with just his stuff. But yeah, the Nazis are going to be fucking. Was there an animated sequence in the first Captain America like that too? It seems like Probably, a prime I don't moment remember. for something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They'll take over the world with their flying super soldiers because soft flesh humans are so much harder to kill than planes. Well, also, if they're just going to use the version that Howard Hawks built, all you have to do is shoot at them, and they're just going to—they're not going to bleed and die. They're going to explode and die. So they're not really going to take over a hell of a lot. They're just flying bombs at that point. Yeah. So uh, they need that shit back, but he's got to swap it for Jenny. 
Valentine Scott and they say Valentine's only a hired goon. Someone's controlling him. Somebody high up in the film industry, and he's like, "Oh, it's Sinclair. It all makes sense." And they're like, ha, 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 "The number three box office star in America." Don't Come pull on now, leg, kid. Yeah. So they want to take him downtown. Well, he punches the Fed in the face again and uses a model of the Spruce Goose to glide out of there. Da, da, and Howard da, Hughes da, da, says, da, da. Ah, damn, it will fly. A reference that made all the kids in the theater stand up and applaud. Yeah, I get that reference. We all know the Spruce Goose. <laughs> That's the weirdest. Again, this movie, who was this made for? Because it's not made for the... Because, like, especially for a movie like this where they have the McDonald's tie-ins and shit like that. Like, yeah. I mean, as an adult who appreciates 1940s shit, okay, yeah, that's that's a nice little reference. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. This is not going to be the next Indiana Jones or Batman. No, so, uh... He escapes the FBI on foot. They're unable to catch him. <laughs> and then... <laughs> they um, only have access to cars and airplanes. Yeah. Like he's the, and th wait, does no the Cliff doesn't even have the jetpack on because like the no whole he point left is it like at the diner. Yeah, the, the, the diner. Yeah. Yeah. So the baddies are at the observatory. Uh, Sinclair tries to put a coat on Jenny when they get out of the car, but she's like, "I'd rather freeze." And he's like, "Yeah, that's right. I like it like that. You all nipply and shit. How you doing?" And she puts on the gross because yuck, gross. Yeah, she'd rather be warm and comfortable. And yeah, hey, again, thanks for covering up the white dress, asshole. You ruined that movie for everybody else. Yeah. And then Cliff lands with the rocket, takes off the helmet, walks past the goons, and after telling Sinclair, oh, I forgot. Like, we got a weird like, like yeah. There's <laughs> little do we know. Even though it's like four o'clock at the Griffith Observatory, there's like concentric circles of people who are about to unveil themselves and betray each other here. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Cliff lands, he's like all fucking snarky at, at Sinclair. Well, he tells her, you know, you give me that call first or else, ooh, things. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he then he- He can't think of the words and he's just like, things, I'll do things. Yeah. You don't really want to know. Well, I'm he's like, give me the rocket first or I'll I'll shoot her. So he, he's like, hey, Valentine, what's it like working for a Nazi? And he's like, what are you, whoa, 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 what are he talking about, Sinclair? How stupid and is she's like, Valentine, and, yeah. And then Jenny's like, yeah, tell him about your secret Nazi room. And instead of saying, like, they're obviously desperate, they don't know what you're talking about, he's like, hey, come on, you're getting a lot of money, doesn't matter who it's coming from. Yeah. And uh, Valentine I mean, he said, he might as well just say, hey, who hasn't been a Nazi from time to time? <laughs> like, what do you think? You play the wrong he card says, here, buddy. Hey, I may not make an honest book, but I'm 100% American. Bum, bum, and they all turn against the Sinclair, but oh shit, he sounded something in German, and now the place is swarming with Nazis and a blimp. No one noticed the blimp. A giant, like 150 foot long blimp was hiding behind this two story building. And and did they just have it turned off? I guess so. It was in stealth mode, I guess. And also, mm. well, and then I guess yeah, all these like the Nazis had sent like a like like a hundred troops to America just in case this moment might happen, in case Sinclair mm -hmm. just like let himself get busted. And yeah. I guess the Nazis aren't smart enough to realize that the, uh, right outside the, co the concentric circle of them hiding to, to <laughs> ambush everyone, there's a bunch of FBI agents hiding yeah. in another ring of bushes outside, ready, ready to yep. ambush the Nazis. 
Yep, and in the confusion, Cliff turns on the rocket and blasts her along the ground as mobsters just start shooting the fuck out of Nazis. Yeah. And mm, it feels so good. It feels so good. I'm gonna rub it on my face. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things where if you, like, you're gonna talk about, like, like there's a movie with Jennifer Connelly in a white dress where Nazis and gangsters blow the shit out of each other. Like, you think it'd be a more, like, fucking badass moment. It's, it's okay, but it's just, yeah. Uh, any, well, I mean, any movie where Nazis die is always a good good time, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not quite so, the transcendental moment that it should be. Yeah, they grab Jenny and run towards the cars, but one of the Oh, feds, yeah, the, the ba- Sinclair and, and his goons, yeah. Yeah, one of the feds say not to shoot the blimp because it'll blow up real bad. Because I like and everyone it, in this world already knows that, like, I guess the Hindenburg had just happened a year earlier, so everyone knows that, like, all you have to do is look at a blimp wrong, it'll explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sinclair and the giant take Jenny onto the blimp, where a German cosplane is tossed from the Raiders of the Lost Ark is like, hey, where's the rocket? Yeah. He's why does he have the same outfit as the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Because it's the, the Joe Johnston worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark and it's like, hey, I found this costume with this class. Let's save five dollars <laughs> on the costume yeah. for this scene. Uh and yeah. He, he tells them that they have to girl the rocket will come to them. And then Cliff grabs a gun from a dead Nazi and then his helmet. And rather than launch from right there on the ground, he decides to run up some steps. Well, so you he need the pose, trailer moment so where he can he, pose yeah. next to an American flag before blasting off. Exactly. This is very much the trailer moment of like, yeah. And then he roars off and the music's... And, Valen- yep. and Valentine, this evil mobster, says, go get him, kid. It's amazing how much likable a character becomes after shooting some Nazis for a while. <laughs> Seriously, now he's a good guy. <laughs> oh, he God. killed a Nazi. I like him. <laughs> you know, they Which, call him. Okay, yeah, you know. They call him the Racketeer. I've lost all Get it? Get so it. he lands on the blip, <laughs> r- ripping the back rudder as he does. <laughs> so now the Nazis right. can't steer the ship or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We in her glasses and Nazi yell guy just yelling at Sinclair all the time in German. Yeah, just constantly then, berating him and Yeah. Isn't there a then, thing like where he's like like don't like he's like don't shoot me or you'll shoot our best pilot and the best pilot gets kicked out the window the next second afterwards. Hold on made, now. Is that if you're far into the future? Because that's the one part yeah, well, of this movie I genuinely far. laughed at. But okay. It's uh uh Cliff heads up to the pat hatch pulls out his gun, but the monster mash man opens it. And <laughs> he sends... really, actually his character name should have been the, like, every time he shows up, it should have had the monster mash on the soundtrack. <laughs> so, uh, he sends the gun flying, which probably was a good thing, because Cliff is as dumb as rocks and would have shot and yeah. killed everybody with yeah. it. And, uh, uh, he puts on, <laughs> this monster mash puts on a harness and says, safety first, and then <laughs> Pulls out a wrench because he's a big fan of the board game Clue. I yeah, and I don't know what this they, is not the most titillating fight scene ever. Like I think they trade blows for two seconds and then doesn't he just like run past him into the hatch well, or something? No, like that? they fight each other for a little bit and Cliff gets knocked off the blimp. But shockingly, he has a rocket pack on his back. <laughs> I forgot and about that. He just go around. Fly, okay, yeah. Fly around and slam into Lothor, who turns into a giant dummy and slams into the lower window. <laughs> oh, and they're like, we've got the best pilot in Germany. That's... He gets knocked out the window and falls. 
<laughs> What's the timing and, of that? It's just great. That did make me laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Oh my and god. And they're like, oh shit, the blimp's going down. We need to lose some weight. And then the spectacle wiener German guy is like, oh, you you actor? And that makes Sinclair mad, so he shoots him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that guy falls out another window. And Which, they, so what? So they've lost like 50 pounds by losing <laughs> that guy? Like, yeah. And how annoying do you have to be when even even other Nazis can't stand you? Exactly. They're your lowest of the fucking low. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like when a Ferengi, if a Ferengi was like, that, <laughs> ugh, that guy's so greedy. That's kind of what happens to the main uh, Ferengi on Deep Space Nine, who, the the, 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 the gangster guy with the, who's stealing the rocket pack at the beginning of the film is playing the brother of on Deep Space Nine. That's mm -hmm. neither here nor there. But. It's neither here nor there. But, um, uh, Cliff comes down after knocking out another Nazi, and then that guy's... Body kind of just. There's just a couple Nazi extras, yeah. I think it was maybe the co pilot or something. And then uh, Sinclair demands the rocket, which Cliff slides over, but not before pushing the gum off the gas hole. He doesn't take it pretty, off all the way, but just enough for pretty it to get off. sneaky, sis. Oh, Sinclair uh, gives the last remaining Nazi Jenny and says to shoot her if she tries to escape, but he didn't say nothing about what to do if she steps on his foot. Which he hops the w out the window. We. It's like the third person in too. five minutes to fly fall out of these windows. Jesus. Christ. They they probably should have invested in some reinforced glass. And then. Well, you are talking about people who felt a giant dirigible with like forty thousand tons <laughs> of true. explosive gas and flew across the world. They're like safety is not our number one role. Very good with engineering and sausages, but not so much safety. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Cliff punches Sinclair and is like, oh, where's this done man now? And Cliff doesn't defend his face at all and gets blasted right back <laughs> as Sinclair says, oh, I do my own stunts. Yeah, you're really good at the quips there, sir. I guess according to the internet that's playing off the reputation that Timothy Dalton had for doing his own stunts as James Bond because he was playing James Bond at the time. And I'm like, I don't remember that being a thing. Like, yeah, maybe that's, he did do uh, more of his stunts I, than other Bonds like, did, but, like, I don't remember I that being a famous hallmark of Timothy, uh, Timothy Dalton. I was actually about to comment on that bit of trivia on IMDb and say that's the stupidest shit I've heard since the last time I read trivia For on like, IMDb. The one movie Timothy Dalton was even in, like, two, like, yeah, because he only played James Bond for, like, maybe two movies at the most, so it's not like he had done yeah, very Yeah, that's not a reference to James Bond, it's just That's just character. the thing, because he's playing an actor, and he's doing this <laughs> stunt-related act. It's just, yeah, Dalton. Yeah. So now they fight. More windows are broken. A flare gun, gun falls on the floor. Jenny does what anybody would do. Pick it up and shoot it. It bounces all over, lighting all this shit on fire. This is the question: Could you hurt somebody if you hit them point blank range with a flare gun? I'm sure, like, if you got them so they got burned by it, it would. But yeah, it just bounces off of everything. It's like fi firing a firecracker. <laughs> it would hurt because it would it's, hurt, it's supposed but, to like launch. But it's not really like, it'd be like a air. lethal one shot. Like you know, it's it'd not burn like a you very bad too. Yeah. But anyhow. Uh, but now the cabin's on fire because she fired the flare. Sinclair grabs the rocket and tells Jenny, oh, I wish I could take you with me. And she says, everything about him is a lie. And he says, it wasn't lie. It wasn't, I wasn't lying. It was, <laughs> a oh, I got a hiccup right in the middle of the line. Holy shit. Sinclair had a couple drinks that <laughs> night. <laughs> she, she says, everything about you is a lie. And he says, it wasn't a lie. It was acting. And then suddenly his whole body contorted and he morphed into a giant sentient asshole due to what shit just spewed out of his mouth. 
God. And then he laughs and flies away, but whoops, that shit is on fire. I forgot he does not explode as much as gradually turn into a fireball that crashes into the Hollywood land sign. Like, there's no detonation? I'm kind of surprised because this one terrible blue screenshot of him falling towards the camera where... You think he would be like his hair would be on fire, but no, he's just riding around while this fire animation is going around him. And I'm yeah. kind of, I wonder if they may have done an alternate version of the shot, or at least talked about like having like an on fire Timothy Dalton puppet doing that shot, because there's <laughs> no reason why he shouldn't be like already half Freddy Krueger halfway to the ground. But yeah. like it's kind of terrible, yeah, because I thought like I I misremembered him, just like he. he clicks the button and then just detonates in midair but no it's just a slow roast burn yeah uh, he's got to know what's happening to him it's which is actually even sweeter exactly it's not just like yeah. an instant like he gets blown apart but like <laughs> for the thousand feet that he falls he's no he's being slowly roasted alive yeah. yep so they they escape onto the top of the blimp and have a little romance moment where they're like glad i'm dying with you but then, oh no, Lothar's back, and this time he has a knife, and he says, Next time it will be a candlestick. Aw, oh, shit. I can the see blimp. him talking with his lips being like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, the blimp's starting to blow up, so they all run. And I love he instead of just exploding, it just very gradually explodes towards them, like giving them plenty of time to, like, in case someone wants to try to rescue them, to give them time to rescue them. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, uh, he doesn't, Lothar doesn't get far, though, because his safety first has now become safety last. He caught in place and blows up, going, mm -hmm. oh, fire bad. Yeah, I guess he didn't know or didn't think of time to, like, get rid of his harness. Like, he forgot about the harness, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was running from fire. He was pretty panicky. Yeah. And then PV and Howard Hughes are there in some kind of helicopter plane thing. They only got one pass at this shit, so they drop a ladder. Jenny and Cliff climb on it, and the blimp falls into the hill, landing on a small town, and nobody from that town ever knew what hit them. Oh no, they got all oh, Freddy Krueger. No. It is a good shot, though, because they're definitely <laughs> just trying, trying to recreate that image of the Hindenburg exploding, and it does look really good, even though, like, the gyrocopter containing everyone flying away, you know, it's 1991 blue screen effects, doesn't look great these days, but still, like, it, on the whole, though, it looks pretty great. Yeah, so, uh, later. PV is reading a paper at the Bulldog Diner about how Sinclair was killed when the debris from the brimp landed on his touring car. That's tragic. It was a nice car. And then uh, Jenny tells Cliff he looks awfully blue for a guy that just saved the world. And he says he's got the crack ribs to prove it. And she says, you got me and who among us would not take a lifetime of cracked ribs for that? I mean, if those cracked ribs are coming from her thighs... Jesus Christ. God so Cliff, damn. Cliff hears something outside and his house. Alan Arkin just him. stands up and slaps the shit out. Like, literally, <laughs> just the credits start rolling as he slaps the shit out of Cliff's, Cliff's C-Cords. Non-stop. He just can't. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you piece of shit. I'm yeah. going to fucking kill you, piece of shit. <laughs> That's as much outrage as Alan Arkin in the end. So, God. uh... It's Howard Hughes, a brand new plane. He wants to talk to uh, Cliff. Ask him, hey, what was it like wearing that thing flying around like a bat of hell? And he says, it's the closest thing I'll ever get to heaven. But then he sees Jenny gently stroking part of the plane. is like, oh, no, fuck that. I'm going to be inside heaven tonight. Hot damn. The pearly gates Ooh. of heaven. <laughs> yeah. And Howard Hughes, did you notice how she's stroking the plane when she's? Looks even he looks at her. 
Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah gotta... That's not a goof. Just kind of, just kind of like. <laughs> what if? What so... if instead of painting me on the plane, I'm just naked <laughs> on the plane all the time now? Yeah. Howard Hughes says, "See you around." Tosses him some gum, and says, "Never fly without it." Oh my goodness, that plane is his now. Howard Hughes is driving off to be a crazy monster in real life. Excuse me, I gotta go strip naked, piss in some bottles, and suddenly <laughs> turn into Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, she is stroking that goddamn plane! Oh my god! Okay, Jesus Christ movie. Fuck. <laughs> she know what she doing. I, I was so, I was trying to figure out, because obviously they would, they would not make this movie unless they were hoping it would be a franchise. And I thought it was going to be a thing where Howard Hawks would show up with like uh, with a new rocket. Who is Howard Hawks? Howard You've Hawks. said his name many times. Howard Hawks is a film director. He made his, uh, Howard Hughes, I mean. I keep on expecting Howard is he, Hughes. Is, is he Hudson Hawks' brother? <laughs> he's, he's the Chicken Hawks' dad from the Looney Tunes cartoon. Oh, okay. What did Howard Hawks make? Howard Hawks movies. I don't know. I don't want to say no, because John Ford did The Searchers. How, what did Howard Hawks... Oh, uh, Howard Hawks did Rio Bravo, The Big Sleep... Hey, Girl mm. Friday! Hey, Girl Friday! We've done one of his movies! Yeah! Anyway. Anyway, uh... She gives the blueprints she lifted off of Sinclair back to PV. Which, That's where was she keeping is, yeah. those in her dress? I'd oh, like to does find she? Out. Is it in... So it just... Well, she stole, she stole them from Sinclair's Nazi room. I love the idea! She's like, okay, uh, Cliff, I'm sorry to hate to break this to you. I did steal the plans... For the Rocketeer, and I, and I put them in my blouse, but I got hot and sweaty, and they got fucked up. And now they're just like tattooed onto my naked chest. So you're just gonna, <laughs> PB's gonna have to read off of them to, to, to rebuild the rocket. It's gonna be uncomfortable for a while, but can you do with that? And PB's just like, mm. <laughs> the things I do for you guys. <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> so. Uh, then she says the line from the movie that she was supposed to do with Sinclair, where I drink oh. so deeply from your lips, and uh, he, they smooch as Peavy's like, look at these blueprints, the fucking, that's the thing, it's bugging. And then, uh, people put their filthy germ hands all over his precious new plane <laughs> in the like, movie, he and... his fucking butt. Actually, man, Howard, Howard, you should have showed up in a space suit at the end. <laughs> like, refusing mm. to touch anyone, refusing to breathe the same air as everyone. Oh god, and the camera pulls out, and it's all beautiful crowd of 1930s fucking looking people in front of the Bulldog Cafe, and it's idyllic as hell, and there's no black people to be seen, and... <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Hollywood! And that's the end of The Rocketeer. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's Jennifer Connelly all over the place. It is whites only, the motion picture. Oh, yeah. Christ, yeah. Oh my god. So I guess they have announced, like... There's something about how there's going to be, like, Disney's announced that, like, they might be trying to bring back the Rocketeer sometimes, sometime soon, somehow. Uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I, I meant to look that stuff up, but what did you send yeah. me to? I just what sent you, you son Jennifer Connelly in another movie. The hell movie? What? It's like her, <laughs> it's Jennifer Connelly in a titty dress, except now it's like a, like a dark brown titty dress. Mm -hmm. What was that from? She's older. Know, some other 1940s movie. Wow. I mean, it got, you know what? After this movie, you think she would have been in more 1950s titty movies. <laughs> the, the 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 dozens we got after this. Well, I guess uh, that's kind of like what Dark movies. City was trying to be a little bit. But mm. um, man, fuck Dark City. Yeah. Um, Sad. Oh god, yeah, that's the rocketeer. That's the rocketeer. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. 
it's yeah. it's like I said, more of a style experiment. And as two people who like old stuff but don't know who Howard Hawks is specifically, <laughs> so we don't have too much street cred with old timey stuff. But yes, for, yeah, I thought that was worth just checking out just because it's such a very specific relic that would never yeah. be made again. Like this is such kind of like a, like an affable '80s kids movie, uh, but. <laughs> With an aesthetic and characters that kids kids don't give a shit about, so it's like made for no one. Kind of yeah. like, like I said, a little bit Except like the Dick Tracy. Jennifer Connelly's made for everyone. Ex yeah, yeah, yeah. I I kind of wonder if you would have been on board with even talking about this if it hadn't been for Jennifer Connelly in this movie. Because there's would not you a, have? Not have a hell of a lot else to talk about. Yeah, I, would you have remembered this movie? I would have. I, you know what? It would have just been because of the director, because I loved his artwork so much for uh, his the Star Wars stuff that he had done. It would have mm -hmm. just been like, okay, it's that guy. That guy got a movie, and the 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 chutzpah of trying to make like a 1940s period movie in like 1991 when. Mm. Like, there was a kind of resurgence of 1940s stuff, like swingers type of stuff, like later in the late 90s and stuff. And I think especially with the advent of the internet, there's more of a market uh, of, of people for, of, for uh, uh, of people who are into old-timey stuff who can talk now. And if they made The Rocketeer just like this again today, I think, not to say it would be any more guaranteed to be that much more successful, but I think there would be more... There would be more... I don't want to say demand, but at least... There'd be more fervent attention paid to uh, to a production like this, because um, again, when Captain America came out, there was a big deal. Aside from the fact that it was based off of one of Marvel's biggest characters, it was also like, oh, they're gonna make it a period film, and like when everyone was like, oh, they got the guy to do did the Rocketeer. The three people who saw the Rocketeer were like, oh, that's good because at least the period stuff was so good in the Rocketeer. At least you know that's gonna be they're gonna get that kind of tone right for the Captain America movie, which they did. And, which is funny, because, yeah, now that I think about it, that's also in the, in the, in the, Captain America is all about also a big-titted brunette girlfriend in kind of mm -hmm. like 1940s, not quite as, I love Haley Atwell, but she's not quite as, mm, like, oh, Jennifer Connelly, it's hard to act to follow, but, anyway, but that's Rocketeer, the fact that we're ending this conversation with talking about Jennifer Connelly, there's not much else to talk about this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I kind of wonder what the hell other stories they would have told if, if this had been successful enough to... I guess everyone had been signed on for multiple sequels and stuff like that, but... Yeah, <laughs> I was reading about how literally the opening weekend, everyone got the pink slips, because I guess they already had sequel stuff underway, and pretty much the opening weekend happened, and like that Monday they were like, nope, no sequel, not even close, like... We're not going to wait to see what kind of legs this movie has, we know there's no way this movie's going to make its money back, so... Mm. That's the Rocketeer. So what are we doing next? Well, next time we're gonna watch a movie with another James Bond in it. Oh no! Layer <laughs> cake. It's it's full of practical effects. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah. Unless it's unless it's. Oh, I guess like if you wanted a movie with like starring a James Bond that had practical of like that that would pretty much negate either Daniel anything Daniel Craig or Pierce Brosnan. Oh no! You're, what? You're gonna do Darby O'Gill and Little Pete? <laughs> you're getting good at this. No. <laughs> okay, I feel less bad about my next project too. Then okay, we're gonna do Darby O'Gill and Little. I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to find that in the internet dumpster because who give? Talking about movies people don't give a shit about. Because so I. Even, I'm 
I grew You're up so- on it. It's oh, it, it had tra- one of the one of the most traumatizing childhood moments for really? me. Is it that movie? Yeah. Because I've got, only heard about that movie. I've never even seen. I don't think I've even seen clips of that movie. I don't even know what kid what. Oh, darn I watched that a lot when I was a little kid. Aside oh, no. from the part that was too scary, oh, I would man. run out of the room or fast forward. But uh, I gotta look yeah. to see now to see. It's got a very young Sean Connery. When so when, when was the movie made? Oh, I don't know. Way back in the day. I think it was before he was born. Was it like the 50s? Oh, man. You're asking the right questions. Oh, man. The PirateBay.org little people. Let's see what brings what that brings up. Harvey O'Gill and the little people is from 1959. 59, yeah. There's one tour I can see of it. Minutes. <laughs> you son of a Okay, it's, we'll it's try that got, out for size. It's got real good practical effects, lots of force perspective. That, yeah, shit. that's as as me being a special effects nerd. That's that's the lasting legacy I've heard about that movie is that's supposed to be pretty crazy with the special effects. And yeah. hey, last time we did a movie from 1950s, a movie that no one cares about anymore. We did the Lady Killers, and that turned out to be pretty good. So who knows? So you have not seen this since you were a little kid, then though. It, yeah, it's been a long <laughs> See, time. See, that's the thing. It, you but... might be like, mm. oh, okay. So well, it'll either from being a kid though, right? It'll either be a pleasant surprise or it'll be fun for us to <laughs> get mad at. <laughs> or I get to pick another like like I get I get to start looking for a movie that I can take vengeance with. Uh-huh. Oh my god, like yeah, that's when we end up talking about well, toys. No, I'm not I'm not doing this because I'm like, fuck you, bro. Oh, I'm going to make know, pick know, a bad movie. But, I, I, but you've teased to me en- about I'm, this in the past though. This has been a thing <laughs> with you and I off air in the past though cuz I'm been, hoping we <laughs> It's still enjoyable. Yeah, no, no, let's see. Like I said, I'm, I'm willing to watch it just for the special effects angle, so. Yeah. God, so is yeah. he playing an Irishman? Because I know that he's Sean Connery, he's Scottish. I think so, so it's gonna yeah. be, oh, hello, I, I don't remember. He, he might he might be a, an Ir- uh, Irishman that moved to Scotland. I don't remember the yeah. ins and outs of the movie All lucky well. charms out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sutton tells me that the Irish people probably don't think a lot about that movie. Don't think highly I, of that I, movie. I, yeah, I was about to say, I don't think anybody thinks about that movie much. Yeah, because yeah. who gives a shit? Because, like, everyone, the last person who paid a ticket to see that movie died 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Darby O'Gill and the Little People next time. Uh, yeah. Wow, this is this is a motley crew of movies for this month. I say that yeah. in a good way, because I'm always up for anything that's kind of batshit and old, so. Yeah, I kind of like this f- picking movies that I'm kind of forcing you to watch even <laughs> never seen before. <laughs> Although I like this this actually hews a little bit closer to the Tardy Party thing where you've seen it but like I've never seen it but like it doesn't sound like you really remember that much about it that like it would it would pretty much qualify for a normal Tardy the Party anyway but yeah yeah it's not like you can re- you can remember the name of the any characters or any major plot points right? I can remember Darby O'Gill. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay yeah, I am worn yeah. out man. Yeah. Just thinking about. Oh, just. And and you gotta go watch Game of Thrones because it's Sunday. Yeah, but there's no. The last week's episode was like the highlight of the series. It seems. Oh, there's mm. three episodes left. I shouldn't write it off that quickly, but. Yeah. yeah but no. Oh. Yeah, just this movie was worth watching again. Just yeah, the, the fond memories of me being 16 in a movie theater watching this movie was it was, it was a good. I spent so much t- time as a kid in movie theaters. This was definitely a highlight just just for the Jennifer Connelly thing. Like yeah. the, uh, maybe it wasn't. I don't know if I could say that was my full-blown sexual awakening, but it certainly didn't hurt. It was a lot of people's. Oh God, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that is. 
really the lasting legacy of that movie, at least as far as I've ever heard anyone else talk about that. And it's set in the end, again, not from guys, not just from guys, from girls too, so that makes me even gladder that, like, yeah, she's, like, when humanity finally gets in touch with alien civilization, like, the one, they always say, like, arithmetic is the first language we're gonna be able to communicate with aliens with, and no, it's gonna be us showing them a picture of Jennifer Connelly, and they're gonna be like, oh, shit. These guys, these guys got the goods. They know what they're doing. Let's trust mm-hmm. these guys. Let's start our exchange of information and technology right now. Because yeah, fuck. Yep. Okay. So that was the Jennifer Connelly Power Hour. So we went a little bit over this week. Oh. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Our cup we'll runneth be- over like hers. <laughs> Shut up. Bro. I don't want to reduce it down just the titty size. But damn. Uh, oh, no. So his next time it's Darby will kill the little people, that was whatever that is. He's muttering on We're not going to spend gr- nearly as much time talking about how fuckable Sean Connery is in that movie, <laughs> no. probably. Darby will kill Darby, Darby. Darby, Darby. Derby so many terrible kill. Irish accents are going to be attempted next week. Hi, how you doing? Oh my Perfect. god. He's Mother on Twitter, I'm the Decapital on Twitter, Tartagas, Twitter, all that stuff. Get us out there, share us around, whatever. Spread Enjoy. us around like butter. Mm-hmm. Triple T to the P. Mm-hmm. Until next time, keep filling your holes with more Jennifer Connelly. So long, everybody. Please, just. <laughs> the landfill of your heart, just fill it up with, like, print out photos of Jennifer Connelly. Doesn't even have to be from this film, but seriously, more Jennifer Connelly would make the world better place. <laughs> just mm-hmm. in general. That's, that's, yeah. Anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. take care, guys. God bless you, Jennifer Connolly. Bye. We salute you. Oh, my God. Look at the clock. It's drunk four. Oh, baby. Let's have some more. But, Daddy, Daddy, you're rocking me. We won. Oh, 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 we won. Daddy, you're wrong.